This is Yep, I Did That with Amanda and Jonna. I'm Jonna. I'm Amanda. And this is Yep, I Did That, a podcast that talks about all the crazy health and wellness slash beauty trends that are floating around the internet and why or why not we should or shouldn't do it. Exactly. Um, And we're here to tell you if it's science says that it is good or if people are just lying to you in their anecdotal stories. Yeah. And the reason we can do that is because Amanda is super smart and has a bunch of letters behind her name. But mainly, she's a dietitian, a registered one. A registered one. <laughs> Thanks. You know? Really and important. she tells us all the science behind why or why not it's good for us. Exactly. Um, and that's what we're here to do. But today, we're doing a little deviation and we're doing a Yep Club. And Woo-hoo. we have someone here, which I'm a little bit embarrassed that I sang in front of you. Did um, you? I mean, the like podcast oh i was like <laughs> she didn't join me i was like you left me again for our duet I part i i sang after you uh yeah i still felt alone during our duet well i'm it sorry do it again harmony. do it again usually <laughs> okay ready mm-hmm. yep i did that but it was just the same <laughs> it was the same Guys, i'm not musical i don't know what harmony means it's a melody <laughs> We're just she waits for your note and then yes. she waits to hear it and then she catches on like jumps on the train uh, gets on the bandwagon anyways do you hear that like crazy minnesota accent in the background <laughs> me no oh um, our guest our guest i mean minnesota no, right i don't know not definitely not minnesota Tennessee? no no go like way more w- east west i don't know which way Geography's hard why <laughs> it's Australia, right? Yeah. We have a super special guest today. We do. She's amazingly talented, beautiful, inside and out. And she and has a voice that literally only sounds like it's from Australia. I was uh, just yes. trying to throw you guys off. Obviously. And you did a really good job. You're really sneaky. Like, you're I the threw sneaky, you off. You're a sneaky squirrel. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Um, we have <laughs> the beautiful Starly in with us. And hi. I... You can say hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> um... And I just want to tell you guys a little bit about her before she talks to you and just tell you how much like we are honored to have her here. Mm -hmm. Um, She is seriously, if you haven't gone to listen to her yet, like I don't understand what you've been doing with your life. (laughs) You must live under a rock. You're missing out. Because you're missing out hardcore. Um, But also like I'm so glad that you guys get to hear her speak and get to know her on the way that I've gotten to know you just even a little bit. Um, Because Kyle plays guitar for Starly, and um, I'm so happy to have you in our life, and I'm so honored that you're here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Always. Um, So before we get started, we usually talk about, like, what's going on with us. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to get to you in a second. What's new? Well, I have a TB update. I'm almost done. So in case you didn't know, I tested We're adopting. And I Yay. tested positive for tuberculosis during this process. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm okay, not contagious. Not I'm sorry to say yay. I just thought you were going to say, you got a baby. <laughs> no, we are very close I to really that, I really enjoyed I wish that we were filming this because Starly's face, as you said that, she was smiling huge and you said TB and she was like, oh, why am I in this room with you? <laughs> it's not contagious, but I had to take three months of antibiotics. So wow. I am 2.5 in, yeah. almost done. But I have been watching 
speaking of Vanderpump Rules, we were just yes. talking about that before we started. I've been watching like Bravo television and there's a Humira commercial. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what Humira is for. I think it's a um, shoot. I don't remember. I think it might be like a steroid of sorts for like I think it's, psoriasis yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, that's it. Because then I was thinking of the name because Hannah's got psoriasis. Yeah. Humira. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it said get tested for TB before you do it because it could cause tuberculosis. And I was like, that's why. That's why you're on antibiotics I'm on the right antibiotic. Now. If I needed Humira at one point in my life. That's that one percent. You can take it chance. now. I can take Humira now because you're cured. Yep. Anyways, thank goodness. That's my whole update. I mean, yeah, we're active, so we might be getting a baby soon, which is super exciting. Which is super exciting. So you guys may be hearing um, some special guests with me. Because I'll be busy. Because Jana will be busy care of with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll keep you posted. Oh, and also I've been meditating still, which has been amazing. Yeah. I love it. And I've been going specifically to this restorative yoga class that I really like. And it's like a lot of twists. Mm -hmm. Which is huge for you because you um, are definitely not flexible. (laughs) No, I'm getting better. You saw my high kick. I did. And I just really love it. I'm addicted. That's awesome. So now I'm debating whether I'm going to spend all my money that I don't have on continuing to go to guided meditations or not. You for sure should. I probably should. Yeah, it's good for your health. Anyways, what's new with you? Um, nothing really outside of today. I felt like I destroyed my hamstring um, by Ellis was outside with me and we winterized our grass to like the yard like has been the sprinklers have been on a lot. And so the um, dirt next to the yard is really slippery because it's gotten like mossy and mm-hmm. he got his lawnmower and was walking over and he didn't have shoes on and I didn't want him to walk in the mud and I like ran over to stop him and I was in these slip like slip on shoes and I just slipped in the mud and I tried to catch myself and that's the oldest I've ever felt in my entire life. <laughs> I was like, um, I think I hurt my hamstring, but go away, child. Thank you. Keep mowing. Keep mowing on the concrete. <laughs> Continue Thank <on>. you. <laughs> um and so that's the only thing new in my life. Should have been at restorative yoga. I should have been at restorative <laughs> yoga, lengthening my muscles versus like trying to destroy them from Seizing keeping my up. son from being in mud. Exactly. But it's fine. Um, and then <laughs> Kyle's gone. He'll be back on Monday. But other than that, that's all I have. Well, we'll hope for a good update on your hamstring next week. Hey, thanks. I'm hoping that too. Um, okay, so now you guys get to hear all about our beautiful guest. So... You're from Australia, so just tell us a little bit about growing up in Sydney and Australia and Mm. just about you to start. Well, uh, well, that's pretty broad. What do you want to know? Tell us about a little snippet into childhood in Australia because most of our listeners, we do have a few in Australia. Shout out Australia. Most of our listeners are here in America, so they would have no idea the difference. And I feel like most people usually, unless they've been, they usually are like, Australia, all animals there will kill you. So yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. Steve yeah. And so there's is not, everybody's only that and that yeah. other crocodile Dundee. Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. And so okay. as Americans, we're very unaware of what it's yeah. really like to live in Australia. I will say that um, <clears throat> Australia, Australian people in general are very much accustomed to the outdoors. So we're not as afraid of stuff as a lot of other people are that yeah. I noticed because I I lived in England for a long time and I realized that most people are afraid of insects and little things and I used to catch those things when I was a kid and go out there and just play and not be afraid but yeah Australia is a beautiful place um in Sydney where I grew up 
uh, there's a lot of amazing things to do, but I love the beach. And so I was always active as a kid. And like from five years old, usually a little bit younger, even we learned to swim uh-huh. um, because most people have a pool in their backyard or yeah. are exposed to beaches and things really, really young. Um, and so it's important to learn how to swim because anything can happen. So people train their kids really young. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I love, I love the water. I grew up fishing with my dad and doing lots of fun outdoor things. Um, what else? So would you say that like your childhood was pretty like quintessential of just like, you know, the norm, like school, playing, like just. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that I think, um, what's something I guess that's interesting. I don't know. We, we grew up in a family with, um, there's five kids and my mom had uh, three children from a different, uh, marriage or two different um, situations. And so all of us kids are all different colors. There's five kids now. And my dad, who's black, raised all of us in a house together. And um, it was, it was an interesting childhood just because of that. That was a big deal for us. Um, We didn't know it was a big deal, but later on when we look back, we're like, Oh wow. Like we, we actually had something really special Mm -hmm. that we didn't even realize. And when kids used to tease us or like my big brother, who's very fair haired and blue eyed, they would tease him that he's got these other colored you know siblings he would he would beat kids up for that yeah. like he, <laughs> he's like he was, my sister. Yeah, yeah yeah and we were very much a little team we were like a little That's football a team and like we looked out for each other and stuff so um that was a yeah a really special thing about our childhood I guess uh yeah I think that's awesome because that would, would have been my next question of being like was that like obviously you were like looking back that felt very like special and it wasn't the norm but you just mm-hmm. answered my question of like it did feel like not the norm then to people being like, what? Yeah. Because now it's so confusing to me that people still are confused by that. Mm. But yeah, there were times when like my dad would take my brother somewhere, the one that's fair. Yeah. He would take him to work with him or something. And he, my brother remembers like one of my dad's customers because my dad has a blinds company and the customer would pull my brother aside and say, little boy, is that really your father? That's like so stuff ridiculous. like that. Just be yeah. like, are you safe? Yeah. Like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. That's, that's it's what so crazy. So, oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and so like you were incredibly active, like was, mm-hmm. were your fam- was your family active? Like, was that kind of like inbred in you to um, be outside and yeah. like was physical activity or health kind of like a theme? Yeah. My dad, um, was he was kind of like an athlete when he was younger so Uh he was a sprinter and he was a black belt um in taekwondo so he really loved getting outdoors and running and doing all that kind of stuff so he put a basketball ring he made one and put it in our backyard and so we could we could play every day and he'd take us to the park and play soccer with us and get the other kids from around the area to play um australia is very different to america in that way where there are still places that you can go Mm -hmm. that you feel safe and your kids can go out and play outside with all these other random kids and your parents know that you're just down the road and it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's not sort of the way that, that America is and people don't just have like guns freely just walking around. <laughs> so just like, I guess it's a lot safer <laughs> in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that is a big, that's a different thing. Cause you just, you just play, you make new friends mm-hmm. all the time, just in the street. Yeah. Um, so that was a big part of our lives. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so when did you feel like, or when did like music become something that you were like, Hey, yeah. I'm into that. Were you into theater? Like, did you do stuff like that? Like in I was, school? I was into creative writing. Okay. Um, my, we, we weren't a perfect 
family, and I think most people would have that story. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure, yeah. the Cosmores <laughs> are not perfect. <laughs> yeah. So without like saying too much about my parents' like yeah. personal lives, I'd say um, there were a lot of things that would happen, and I guess my way of dealing with it was to go and go away and write something. And when I'd go to school, we didn't have a lot of money. So when I'd go to school and different kids had their things that they did on the weekend, you do your show and tell and whatever, I often would make up stories of what I did and just like say, oh, this weekend. And I'd write something like, oh, I got this new rabbit and I did this and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And make up this full on, full blown story as to what had happened. And I think the teacher probably clocked on that I was making shit up. But, (laughs) you know, um, but yeah, uh, I think that's when I first started realizing that uh, writing was a way for me to just express myself. Mm -hmm. So I loved writing and all that kind of thing. And then it turned to music when I watched uh, the movie La Bamba, which is the story of Richie Valens. Yeah. And I was like really young. And on the weekend, my dad would take us to the video store and we'd all get a choice of uh, one video each. That was our, that was our treat. So we'd go there and go and pick a video up. And every time I'd go and, drop off the Richie Valens movie, I'd go back and collect the same one from the aisle. And my dad said, I could have bought that movie 20 times over for the amount of times you watched it. But I was obsessed with the story and the music, the, that feeling of good, a good feeling with the music. And it was so soulful. And, um, and then the story of how he bought his mum a house and all those kind of things and how he was on the radio, it inspired me. I was just really young. I was probably no more than eight and I was obsessed with that. So then that's when I thought, okay, I'm going to sing. And, um, I knew that I had a nice voice because my mum used to get me to sing back Mm -hmm. to her because my mum used to sing also. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. Much different than the movie I always went to Blockbuster to get. (laughs) (laughs) What movie was that? Um, It was like, do you remember the Ninja Kid movies where it was like... um, Like Mr. Miyagi? No, not like that. Um, It was like three brothers. What (laughs) are you talking about? So... It was like these three brothers, and I'm pretty sure it was called Ninja Kids. I can't remember, but in my no, little the Mr. like Mr. Miyagi one is three brothers. No, Mr. Miyagi is like the Marks Karate Marks Kid. Karate Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is like Ninja, whatever, and it's like, like super cheesy. But I definitely thought that one of the boys was real cute, <laughs> and so I rented that movie a lot. Um, there were like three of them. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the it just most re- interesting t- child. I, no, I also, vaguely, actually vaguely think I know. I'll show I, you the like video cover Because I thought Karate Kid was Brothers, it. but now that you're saying that, if it wasn't Karate Kid, then I know what you're talking about. Because okay. I used to watch one with three brothers. One of the sure. siblings. They had like bunk beds. Yes! And, like, I know, because it's just Ooh. vaguely in my head, but I can't remember it exactly. Oh, we yeah. are going to look it up after this. But nope. yeah, it's okay. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I wouldn't have watched <laughs> yeah, that. I haven't watched that. <laughs> Let's be real. I was watching sci-fi constantly. That's For all sure. I cared about growing up. Um, that's Which is why also weird, but the Doctor Who mug is is them. Yeah, I hate anything like that. I love it. It's my comfort. I don't. I've never watched Star Wars. Um, even ET was a stretch, but I watched it. E- ET's kind of scary. though. <laughs> ET is awkward. I make Ellis do like the ET phone home. Remember when Dietrich oh, yeah. used to do that when he was little? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I. It's also just ET was not a cute. Like, I have thing. a picture of me at like Dietrich's age. On like a backdrop with a bicycle with ET in my basket. <laughs> Were you at Universal Studios? I don't know where I was. I was like, "Where did you get this picture of me riding in a, on a bike with ET?" That's funny. Yeah, I'll find That's it funny. for you one day. No, I really love that though. It just speaks volumes that like 
you were a very mature child yeah. that like La Bamba was your favorite like movie and that you recognize that you were able to like write so early on. We read my yeah. journal on this podcast. She's a really good creative writer. I'm also too. a really good creative writer. <laughs> um, it's called Writing As I Speak. <laughs> but like a lot more dramatic. And believing inanimate objects are real that I'm talking to. So I talk to my journal like it's a real person. Yeah, yeah. And I tell it all the woes of my life at the time whenever I was 12. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Speaking of that, there's a special episode coming there out. There is a special episode. In a couple weeks out. for all our listeners of Amanda's sisters reading. It's diary. a Christmas adventure that everyone, like, we sit down and they read my journal every Christmas. That's super cool. Uh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do it just like they just grab it? They, well, they, well, they read out become... of it is, is, and, like, pretend to be Amanda as yeah. a 12 year old. Oh, okay. So oh. it's become like a very, like, like a just dear? dying laughing journal. Yeah. 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 It's pretty funny. Yes. It's That's really awesome. Funny. I I want to I want to have a journal, but I guess writing music is kind of like that, but at the same time yeah. in general you can just be free. You're not really thinking so hard, yeah. which is a good reason to to write in one. And it's yeah. like because obviously your songs probably even if you're writing for other people or writing for yourself, like you're keeping part of yourself just for you too. So a journal is like a place where it's like this is just, just for me right freely yeah, yeah and be like this isn't for anyone else to read yeah well my journal is you not have a that. journal not anymore no we should have journals we should we should we keep them should. we should have a blog like the real housewives of every <laughs> ep- a city you can imagine <laughs> where i just blog Post about them. our episodes yeah just blog about what happened that week be like amanda was a real bee today she sucks she sucks i hate her <laughs> um okay so um, you realize that you were writing and that could translate to music. So like, when was it that you started like writing songs? Uh, it was, um, kind of simultaneously, I think. Uh-huh. Um, when I used to write to sort of escape things, I, I was a very weird kid. I, I don't know if it's weird or just, I was, I've always been spiritual. Uh-huh. So, and my parents sent us all to Sunday school every week. And I think it was a good way. My mom used to joke about it. I think there was, it was a two-pronged reason. She, they wanted us to have a good upbringing where we would learn about God. Mm-hmm. But my mom also got a break and she could just like send us all <laughs> away like, for a couple of hours and not have these five kids like tormenting her, you know. And so, um, and so because of that, at a really young age, like five, I learned that there was such thing as God and you could talk mm-hmm. to God and blah, blah, blah. So I was talking to God all the time. I just go around in my head talking to God like mm-hmm. it was really you know a weird thing and praying all the time and so when things would happen with my parents I would pray and I would ask God to help and I'd go outside and there were these um these ladybugs we had a bush that had all these ladybugs and so I used to play with them and, and sing to them I'd make up songs and my dad yeah my singing lessons drive an hour there sit for an hour, listen behind the door. Like he would sit in the chair and hear oh. like whatever's going on and he'd listen to what the teacher was telling me. And then we'd drive an hour home and we'd talk about the lesson and whatever. And he would he did that for years. Yeah, so that's so sweet. Yeah. And I thought I wanted to be a drummer as well. And so he used to, as a favor for the church, he used to clean the church once a week on Fridays. And so when I was in primary school, my dad would have the keys to the church. And so when he opens it up, I'd come in and play the drum kit while put my CDs on or whatever and play the drum kit while he'll go and clean up. Okay, and so do what stuff. was the CDs that you were putting in? Oh, like Mariah Carey, Phil Collins, um, like old Amazing. school because yeah. I just I that's what I loved. And so mm-hmm. um yeah. Whatever had like good good rhythms and yeah. I was just trying to trying to learn on my own. 
Um, but that dream got cut short because my dad put a lay-by. Do you guys know what a lay-by is? No. <laughs> he put, uh, what do you guys call that? Like you put it on hold and you pay it off? Oh, oh, lay-away. like layaway. A layaway. So mm-hmm. my dad put a layaway on a drum kit for me for my birthday and he came back home and told my mom. My mom said, there is no way with these five kids making noise all the time that I'm going to allow a drum yeah. kit in our house. <laughs> so there's, she can just learn at church. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I totally get happened. it. <laughs> my little brother played drums and we would get into wars about it. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. You have to practice right now? <laughs> I have been like, Ellis, you can play any instrument you want in the entire world. Not drums. But the drums. Not drums. And then Aaron is like, go play any drums you want. Yeah. Kendrick. But you I just never know, drums. like your kid could become a, like a star. That's you know? true. Like, it could be amazing. I don't know what could have happened to me if I could drum and sing at the same time. That would have been amazing. You would have been the enigma. Of, oh, no, you would have been. Um, Phil Collins. Is Phil Collins a drummer? He, yeah. Oh, I was going to say the Eagles guy. What is his name? I don't know that dude. He also was Don the, Henley. Don Henley was. Um, the, I only know that because my friend sings back up for him. Because I don't even oh. know the Eagles. I'm just like I knew that he's from the Eagles. Yes, and, yeah. he's a drummer and the like singer. Got it. If it's wrong, we'll be corrected. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty will. sure it is. <laughs> um, you would have been like the next big thing. Mm. And then there you go. That's okay. My dreams got cut short. You but the next I mean, big thing without the drums. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it would have um, been cool. <laughs> and so primary school. Is that junior high? Yeah. Okay. Like middle uh, school? No, that's yeah, elementary. Or, or is it elementary school? Uh, I think that's all one thing. It's like thing. kindergarten to uh-huh. year six. Okay. So it's from like so that's five. That's elementary school for it's us. It's five to, tw- to 12 or 13. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So elementary school. I just had to get in my head like primary where school. you were. And yeah. then what's... We've um, got primary school, high school, and university. University is high school mm-hmm. for us, right? And preschool no. is before that. High school is high school. High it's high, high school, school across the board. We're all high, high school. school. And then university is college. Got it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Mental <laughs> notes. Mental notes. <laughs> so when did you move to the U.S.? Um, well, you went to London first, right? I went to oh, London. I just skipped a gigantic yes, other country. A big country. I went to London when I was about 21. Okay. And so that is like 10 years ago, which and is you so went scary f- to even think about. Oh, I, I had my 10-year reunion, oh Mike. 10 years ago? Four years ago. So it's fine. <laughs> That's um, so scary. It's okay. We are in the prime of your life. I do feel, you know? I, I do feel I like look and feel way better than I did back right? then. Right? I'm so much more confident. I do too. I've heard yeah. that the 30s are the best years of your you life. Haven't, you haven't oh, gotten yeah. into it yet. It's great. No, I haven't. Great, guys. Yeah, I'm expecting a lot out of my well, 30s. Well, my girlfriend just told me. Sorry, to, I'm now changing the subject. But no, she good. she's 36. And she suddenly, she's always been healthy, but suddenly this year, her, like her body's always been amazing. Let's yeah. just be real about that. But then all of a sudden she looks completely like ridiculously amazing and she hasn't even been doing anything extra. It's just the same old workout she's always done. And she was at ESPN, just, she's there right now at doing some, something in one of those Michigan or some city that's <laughs> one cold. One of the Midwest <laughs> cities. cities that's cold. <laughs> and uh, they were like, admiring her workout whatever she was doing and like she looks really fit so people are just going to be like what do you what do, do, you do and she was telling them and they were like how old are you and she told them and they said well actually from 35 to 40 or something like that it's the prime for your body if you've been working out your whole life and fit mm-hmm. 
Um, it's the prime for your body to just know how it works. It's it I works itself out. Got to get on this. Whatever. You and need so to I jump was on like, that. wow, that's amazing. Like if you're consistent with it, yeah. then by the time you're like 35, you're gonna start seeing the best results. Totally. Because I feel so, like at like if you think about it in the way of people who are like not super active, yeah, 35 is like whenever your hormones shift, and that's where a lot of people like gain weight like, so you need to be active. yeah and so i think yeah. that it's like there's that shift where it's like it's your hormones are going to change whether it whether it's going to keep going in the way that like yeah. you've been going or it's going to go down south down south <laughs> <laughs> the middle-aged which, spread as they call it exactly but, um, which yeah. by the way hannah definitely does not look like she's 36 she looks I so know. great I, I thought she was way younger I than me when i met her fire to look like her <laughs> it's I don't know what it is, but she's really healthy. You got to interview her and then you find out. Exactly. She drinks (laughs) green juice for breakfast and she doesn't even have caffeine. She's like really healthy. Well, but she eats meat. Differ on that. She eats fried chicken. Yeah. She likes pasta. Guys, it's all about balance. She sometimes drinks a Diet Coke with me, (laughs) even though she gets mad at me for drinking that. I'll get mad at you. I'll get mad at you. It's called aspartame. Yeah. Like, girl, let me live my life. This is what (laughs) happens when you date a girl. When you have a guy for a boyfriend you never have to think about that stuff it's true they're just like uh what whatever you want you want. Aaron, i would say her Aaron husband is so is, judgy oh my gosh the judgiest <laughs> i would hate that <laughs> i feel like i'd react worse if it was a guy telling me I'd be like uh well we got in many of a fight when i was pregnant with dietrich yes. i was like i'm going for the jack-in-the-box tacos and you can't stop me <laughs> It's two he, for a dollar. He wouldn't get them for you? No. He's supposed no, to get you like, whatever you want. He was, oh, he privilege. was like, I will not allow my child to have Jack in the Box. His family is Italian and they're like oh. very... Okay, that's a different... Okay, yeah. that's a different reason. She's <laughs> on now he gets a pass. It's the quality, you know? I get that. That's if what that's it the is. reason, then that's a different thing. <sighs> yes. It's what the, the quality. He found a sympathizer. Yeah, it's Italian, He's probably laughing out there. He probably is. Yeah. Or being like, that's right, guys. Yeah, or he's not. He's like, amen. Because my dad's Mauritian and he, they're, they're like um, African-French. And mm-hmm. They have like a lot of influences, actually. But they uh, they hate, my dad hates junk food. Like he's always. That's him. But once in a while, because when he goes to work, sometimes he'll be out all day. So he'll be really busy. And I'll find like a wrapper of McDonald's in his car. And he would get shit for the whole entire <laughs> week. Because yeah. he has to, he hides it. If it you go. find it, he's got so much pride. He doesn't want to say that he's eaten it. It's like, it's like his dad. dirty secret. Yeah. <laughs> we have friends that would like all like their sneaky thing they would do is go get like the giant chicken nuggets meal, which McDonald's in Australia is actually better than here too, even though it's still bad. Really? It's better ingredients because you have better laws there. Oh yeah. We have stricter laws yeah. for sure. Um, but we have friends that will like go sneak the, I, what do you know what I'm talking about? The like giant the chicken pack? nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. And we would always, they're always like, everybody has their own McDonald's. We don't know what yours is yet, but everybody's <laughs> got one. You got something you're hiding from everybody else. I'll say, I brought mine into this room with us tonight. So. Okay. Yours has paleo on the when package. I'm, when I'm drunk, there's nothing better than Jack in the Box. Oh, the Jack like. in the Box tacos? No. Yeah, no that's no, disgusting. The, I like the nuggets, actually. What? I like the nuggets and sometimes like the burger, but... In the morning, the burger always makes me feel terrible in the morning. I wake up so heavy in the morning if I eat yeah. the burger. So I try to stick to the nuggets. Is Jack in the Box the curly fries? That's Arby's. Yeah, yeah. Arby's. Is no, it Jack, Jack in the, the Box? Jack in the Box has curly yeah. fries. Okay. Not curly Guys, fries. I've never. Curly fries. Curly fries. <laughs> uh, so we did this test because some Aussies came from Australia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they were asking us about burgers and they went. <laughs> 
brand Sorry. new information. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they were saying, what's the one you guys have? In-N-Out. Yes. In-N-Out. They were like, oh, we want to go and have In-N-Out Burger. And we took them to the Hollywood one. And they had it. And they were like, oh, it's so amazing. Because supposedly every Aussie, if you guys know Aussies, as soon as they come here, they want to go there. For some reason, that's the place. It's like In-N-Out, In-N-Out. Burger cheesecake factory or whatever <laughs> just, like, just like the quintessential american yes and then, we, and then hannah and i we we hadn't had in and out burger so we tested it and we yeah. were like actually jack in the box is way better than in-n-out burger i disagree Funny. but i actually haven't had the, a jack in the box burger for a long time i got in the tacos a couple times the last time i ate meat was in in and out burger and that's the reason why it was the that's why it was the last time <laughs> it's so salty which is delicious. I, I don't it even was know. dry, and the and the fries are disgusting. I disagree, everyone. I agree, I don't like them. They're Animal style fries. I don't like them. It's the fries with the cheese melted on it, with grilled onions, and then the Thousand Island. Ew. Do you know what the issue That's with so the fries good. are? Is that it has the skin on it, but not in a good way. Like it, they just feel just dry. You can ask for. Light fries. Have McNa- you can McDonald's ask for fries light over. fries, and they yeah. gr- and they do it less time. They fry them less time for you. But it just tastes no, like cardboard. I feel like it's not that. It's that it just doesn't taste like a delicious. In this French room, fry. I feel a little bit attacked. But <laughs> are we triggering? I know you? you're triggering me right now. <laughs> but I know there's listeners out there that are on my side, oh, so I'm just letting this slide. Okay, right let's now. just talk about how majority of Los Angeles and California are on your side. We just dislike the it's French they fries. They grew up eating that. Exactly. True. You, you we like have them anything- in Arizona. Oh, we don't yeah. have them in New Mexico. So, and in and out, it's like the thing. So. Yeah. It's fine. Okay, well, let's get back to Starly. <laughs> just, a, just a good old, hmm. <laughs> that's all we got from That's that. all we have to talk about. <laughs> cool. <laughs> in and out's in Arizona. Good to know. <laughs> it's also brand new information, like Aussies are from Australia. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. <laughs> I tried to defend it. Okay, people, don't get mad at me. No one will get mad at you. They're going to be mad at Starly and I. Um, okay, so we were talking about you going to oh, UK in tw- yeah. at 21. Yeah, so I guess I'll just get to it real quick. So in Australia, um, for years I was trying to make it in the industry mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't know what to do with me. My mom was my first man- manager. She wasn't a manager. She was really good. Yeah. Well, she tried really hard. And, but it just happened that they just didn't know where to put me because I was so different looking at the time. There was no one around like that. And I think I just went up against a lot of roadblocks and I kind of had enough of it. And this one guy that had come over from, uh, he was from Canada. He told me he was working for, Ep- uh, not Epic, they don't have Epic in Australia, Universal. And he had said to me, look, I've been trying really hard. He got me a development deal in Australia. And then they just said my music was too urban and my look was not the right look or whatever. And he said, I really think you should go to England because there's more people that look like you and you'll fit in over there. And so I think that's the place. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll save my money and that's where I'm going to go. So just off his advice, I just was like, okay, I'm done with Australia. Let me just go. Yeah. And so I saved up my money and my dad, I worked at like this um, uh, high-end lingerie store, which was really awesome because I got to... I got to like hear lots of people's lives, like married people and like whatever, and like different. Oh my God. Every day there was something new that happened that was hilarious. Like the people I tell you all about their sex lives imagine. in there. You, can you, can you just like, it was so weird. I was 18 years old and I'm like serving these, these women that were like middle-aged and they've got husbands and they're coming in to buy laundry because they're trying to fix their marriage yeah. or trying to just be sexier. And then these guys would come in and buy 
two sets of lingerie, different sizes, and you'd be like, okay, well, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> it, hopefully, it's just you're trying to figure out the size. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fascinating. It was a really cool place to work. Um, Can I just tell you yeah. one quick thing? Yeah. That I watched this one show that was from HBO, mm-hmm. and you talking about working in a high-end lingerie store, it, yeah. like, triggers the fact that I watched this show. Yeah. Triggers, like, your favorite word tonight. It really is. <laughs> um, it's more that, like, I'm... It's it's, not, <laughs> it's that I'm not proud that, like, I watched this show, hmm. but it was on HBO Australia, and it was oh. called Satisfaction. Hmm. It's about women who worked in a brothel. Oh. <laughs> no, never heard of that show. All sorts of good stuff coming out about Amanda. We don't even have HBO in Australia. Well, but maybe it was whatever the network is that's a sister network. Or yes, whatever. for yeah. sure. Well, per Hulu, it says it goes <laughs> HBO Australia. <laughs> was that your Australian okay. accent? No, so it was just it a good show. Australia. It, I thought it was a good show. It sucked me in. There's a lot of sex. There's a lot of yeah. lingerie. Like <laughs> um, there's a lot of like weird sex but you know it's a brothel like that would trigger me what do you, yeah you shouldn't watch it <laughs> no but it's a brothel what do you expect okay. but they wear very high-end lingerie <laughs> and they like pick out which outfits they're gonna wear and i was like that's where they would shop <laughs> would Hell be yeah. their your our store shop, our store closed down because it was too expensive or something oh it was God. like it was the recession that had happened and nobody was buying expensive because oh. there was just so much other stuff yeah and re- i mean it was more quality but you know, you can get a very similar thing for a lot less money. So, yes. Yeah. So all that to say, you saved so your dollars. I saved my dollars and my dad um, matched my money and wow, said, if you're so going to go over there, I don't want you to. My dad was very sweet, but also very, um, a little bit controlling, but just because I was the baby and yeah. he just wanted me to be perfect and do everything the perfect way and whatever, which, you know, is not always the best for, mm-hmm. a, for a kid. You know, you've got to go through your stuff. But he said, if you're going to go there, I don't want you to work a normal job because I want you to stay focused on music. If you want to work a normal job, you might as well be in Australia. So go there and work really hard for a year and get into all the studios and do your thing. So he was really good. So he so he supported me. I went over there. I got a little, um, it was like a little flat and somebody's roommate. And I had a boyfriend in Australia. And so we kind of had to have this long distance relationship. I wanted to get married, which thank God we didn't. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get engaged before I left just to make sure that he knew that I cared about him enough to want to do that. And he was like, no, it's too early and blah, blah, blah. Later on, I found out he was like messing around. (gasps) Of course. Yeah. Um, But he wasn't messing around full on. Yeah. He was just doing enough because we're both young. You know, you Mm -hmm. make stupid mistakes when you're really young. We're both like 21. So, Um, and he was, we were both each other's first serious thing. He was my first ever. Mm -hmm. I was his like first serious girlfriend. And so like, he kind of was like messing around a little bit. And so then it sort of broke my heart, but then also gave me like the fire to just like go out and get my shit and do what I came there to do. And we still stayed together for a while, for many, for much more than a while, like for a long time. Um, and uh, I was out there working and a year later I got a deal with Sony TV publishing because mm-hmm. I was just like in studios all the time making music. And I felt like I'm just going to become a songwriter because I didn't know you could make this a career. I was like, that's what I'm going to do because I can stay behind the scenes. I don't have to get criticized for the way I look or the way I dress or the way I talk or whatever. I could just do my thing and give my songs away. And so it was like the most appealing job to me because I would do what I loved. And um, years later of that grinding, like I'd go to Sweden to write, I'd come to America, um, just all over the place, writing and learning and crafting. Um, 
years later, I just kind of felt like, okay, something's not right because it had so many near misses. I mm-hmm. had so many things that were about to happen and didn't happen. And I think the music industry in general can be really soul crushing. It's just like that's kind of, that's the kind of uh, place, you know, that it is. And it's just one of the hardest industries to ever be in. And so for me, I got to the point where I was kind of getting depressed because England is a really cold place. <laughs> people are also yeah. sometimes not too friendly and they're just used to it because that's the climate that you're in. And I um, just became a little bit isolated, I feel like. And so I got into this zone where I went through like a bout of depression and I didn't want to go home a failure. And mm-hmm. I think that was my biggest fear is that I'd come home to my parents and tell them, you know, come home empty handed and tell them I don't, I haven't made anything of myself. And so I was kind of like disappointed and I remember like praying and being super upset. And um, I remember just feeling like, okay, no, like there's something more. Don't, don't even, don't think about ending it. Let's, let's see what we can do. There's going to be something else. There's something coming. And I didn't know what that thing was, but I started getting into the gym mm-hmm. as a distraction. And it was kind of my way. I didn't even like the gym. Like at that time, I, I was kind of not into it. I thought it was kind of for certain type of people. Yeah. I would go running outdoors and that was my thing. And I started going to the gym and I realized, wow, once I started dedicating myself, I could see my body changing so quick. And I'd never had, I never felt that feeling of control, not for many years. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, oh, this is something that I actually phys- physically have control over. Music, you never know what's going to happen and you try so hard. But with this, I can actually see my body going from where it was to then being toned and I had a six pack. I was working out three hours a day. Wow. So it was my way of fighting depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know I was depressed. Yeah. So that was really interesting because I didn't know and it wasn't as talked about as it is now. Um, and so I'd be walking on the street and people would stop me and say, oh, you look so amazing, whatever. And I'd smile and I'd tell them what, what I do if they ask me. And uh, on the inside, I was all types of broken and mm-hmm. lost and lonely and all these things, but I wasn't talking about it. Yeah. I just went to the gym and that's what I would do. And, um, yeah. So what, what, were you, what was the point of this? You asked me about England before I got to America. Yeah. Just, Sorry, it's you a just, long ass story. No, you just talk. <laughs> this is so good it's because really I feel story. like I know like snippets of these stories, uh-huh. but I don't know like, like, and I think that people will resonate so much with that. Like there's so many times that you look back and you're like, wow, I was freaking depressed and I didn't even know. And like, I have a a definite <clears throat> past with like control stuff and I had an eating disorder for a long time. And so it's like, you you just get into like these rhythms <laughs> of people. Yeah, yeah. And like, you just don't know. And like, so I think it's beautiful to get to hear someone's perspective on that. And so, um, and it's. I never even thought of that, that that's what that could be too. Yeah. It's a feeling of control. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> whenever so your life is crazy on the outside, there's always something that you just are like, I can control this. This is going to make me feel better. So this is like, my focus and it will distract me. Yes, and like your world was crazy because you're like, I'm going everywhere. It's not working. Why can't this work? Like, mm-hmm. but this can. I can <clears throat> control this. I can control the way my body looks. I can control the way like I eat. I can control the way that I work out. Yeah. And I was eating one meal a day oh, and drinking, drinking so a shake. I drink a shake in the morning. I would drink a shake. I had a routine. I yeah. was doing the same thing every day. Yeah. I would drink this shake in the morning. I'd, I'd maybe have one egg if I felt like it. And then I'd go to this cafe and I'd write ideas. Of, I don't know what the hell I was doing. I had this scrapbook and I was yeah. writing stuff in it. 
and I would order some coffee and I had this huge cucumber I used to eat. Because in England they have those big ones. Yes. I'd eat a whole one and a whole pint of blueberries. That was my thing every day. And some nuts maybe if I felt like that. It was a whole weird type of like thing that I had going. It was like a ritual. It was, yeah. it was a ritual. <laughs> every day the same thing. It was just mm-hmm. my way of keeping in control. And it was so, when I think about it now, it was like so sad, like mm-hmm. what I was doing. And um, yeah, and like guys would ask me on dates and stuff. Me and my boyfriend were still together, but we were so long distance for so long and mm-hmm. it was just so hard. Um, and I couldn't really talk to him about what I was going through because we got together really young and he was the kind of guy that, he stayed the same and mm-hmm. I grew so much and I'd done so much and we just didn't, in that way, I couldn't really relate to him. Yeah, I could relate to him with other stuff, but not with that. And so um, people would ask me to come hang out with them, mainly guys, and I would never like ever say yes because I thought I was either doing the wrong thing by my boyfriend, but also I just didn't know what I had to offer anybody. Um, and so I was doing that for a while and then one day I had this phone call with my dad and I was telling him about, oh, I'm going to create this um, fitness line, this clothing. And I put these catchphrases on it because I came up with all these funny things because I, I love writing. Yeah. Came up with all these funny things and pictures that related to it. And I was drawing all these things. And I don't know where I have that book now, but it was crazy. Like, it was <laughs> I would hilarious. Love to see that. It was like some broccoli. <laughs> I can't remember what I was doing, but it was some type of phrases with different foods on there. And it related to fruits, foods and fitness. Can I just and tell you how much I want you to find this? I know, man. It's like, I, I, don't know. I don't know where it is. I think I probably would have thrown it away at some point because well, I just we're didn't know. recreate it because yeah. that speaks to my heart so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I was doing this and I was telling my dad and I was like, dad, so I've been, you know, getting fit. And then this is what I'm going to do, this clothing thing and whatever. And he said, well, what about your music? And I started rambling on about something. And he said, listen, I think you sound very different to how you normally sound. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to come home. Um. And I was like, oh, but dad, and he was like, come home. Let's organize this. I'll fly you back home. Let's, let's figure this out. And uh, meanwhile, I had this manager in in England and I'd written to him on an email to tell him that I know he's going to book me sessions. And I was saying like, I know you're going to get me all this stuff and you said you're going to do this and that. And, but it just doesn't feel like it's moving at this point. And I feel a little bit, like everything's stagnant and uh, I feel really lonely. I'd actually told him that and he didn't know what to say because yeah. it wasn't something that people yeah. were speaking about. So he didn't know how to react to that. He just wrote me some short thing back and uh, yeah. And so when I was speaking to my dad, because my dad knows me, he just said, come home. So I went home and um, that's when I was at the point where I was going to quit music. And I was probably at that time, like 27. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it's, everybody has those thoughts. Like I'm going towards 30, like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And uh, I decided I was going to become a personal trainer and quit music. And so I told my parents about it and they're all like, why are you going to do that? Like, what? Yeah. Why would you throw away everything you've ever worked for? Um, yes, we can understand. And then my dad was like, yeah, I can understand it's not working, but personal training isn't the answer. He's right. just going yeah. into another hard, hard um, situation that's yeah. going to be hard to get into because everyone's doing it. So he and was like, another freelance entrepreneur kind yeah, of like, he was like job. Yeah. In my mind, it wasn't as hard as music. Yeah. I feel like music is like, you're like going to be part of the zero point something yeah. percentile to even make it. Um, but anyways, I told my dad that and he was like, nah, that's not even the answer. But yeah, maybe music isn't working out. Cool. Like, let's think of something. And I was like filling out forms to become a personal trainer to go and get my course, do uh-huh. my course and whatever. And, uh, 
I started to think about all the years that had just passed and I felt like, wow, I had never even really lived my life. Like all these years just passed me and I was just in studios and trying to make it and mm. what have I even got to show for all that work? And um, this song just started pouring out and, and I was playing like the keyboard and I don't even really know how to play keys very well. I can play enough to play some chords and write a song. And so I started playing the chords and um, I had Call On Me written in my little book. And this is where I guess preparation meets mm-hmm. the um, the moment, I guess. Yeah. And so I had Call On Me written down as one of my titles. And then I started singing about something to myself about not giving up. And so I wrote this song about telling yourself that no matter what, God might not give you all the answers. God might not put a magic hand down and pick you up out of your sorrows and out of all your shit. Like sometimes you just have to just do it yourself. And that's what it was about. Like not giving up no matter what the universe is telling you, like just go, go out there and just do it and don't give up. And, uh, and then that song, when I finished writing it, um, I was listening to it and I was like, well, I can't give this song to anyone else as much as I would love to. No one's going to be able to sing it the way I can because it's my story. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to finish it and then I sent it out to all these producers, everyone that I'd ever met. There's people now that laugh that say, oh, my God, that song was in my email. I never looked at it. Like, <laughs> like I'm such an idiot. Yeah, like recently this songwriter, <laughs> this big songwriter came. We were having a, a coffee and we were laughing and she said, oh, this. She mentioned one of her friends who she writes with who who's really good. And he was like, oh, my God, I can't even believe it. She sent that song to my email. I didn't even open the email. So crazy. And Freaking music industry. Industry right? is so like, nuts. Exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the right person did. Yeah. The right yeah. person answered. Exactly. And the, the right moment, the right person, this guy in New Zealand, his name's P Money. He was just a guy, random guy. Yeah. And I'd met him through the same person that's told me I need to go to England to go in and make it. Okay. The, the um, universal Canadian, guy. Yeah. Canadian universal guy named B-Side. B-Side? <laughs> There's P-Money. a lot of me. He was an a named B-Side <laughs> and the guy that produced it was named P-Money. How hilarious is that? So um, so P-Money, he produced it and I then he, it. he sent it back to me and I played it in my boyfriend's car and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is it. At the time, I had just broken up with my boyfriend. We had, the, had this car that we shared and so I had to, get, I told him, you can take the car. Like we're, we're leaving it because I've got nothing to offer you. I don't want to get married. Like, let's just, let's just leave it. And I started to discover my sexuality at the same time. The fact mm-hmm. that I was very open and he's very traditional. So it just was never going to work. And, um, so all these things were happening at the same time. So P money had this situation with the, this indie label. And he said, I've got the perfect label for this. They're trying to sign me so we can do a whole thing together um, this is the first single that I want to put out and you're going to be the feature. What do you think? And I was like, hell yeah. Like I've never been an artist before and yeah. I've got nothing else like going from yeah, me right yeah. now. So, like, say no. I'm living at my parents' house back in the room. My bro- actually Just, it was in my brother's room. Yeah. <laughs> like I broke up with my boyfriend. <laughs> I don't my know manager. what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So let's do it. All to do. I was, yeah, I was I'm working a personal for, trainer, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't maybe. know what I'm doing. I was working um, at my dad's blinds company to sort of, you know, pay some of my, you know, staying at their place. I was like, okay, I'll work with him. And so... <laughs> putting up blinds and doing all types of things like that. And uh, so this guy was was getting ready to um, organize it and he was he got a grant from the government. He was going to put out a video and whatever. And um, he sent me back a version and I didn't like the version. Mm-hmm. And this is where I guess um, 
the fact that I grew up in a household with three brothers and a really t- a strong dad that told me I could do anything. My mum too, but my dad was my best friend and I guess he always told me that you always stand up to a man. You never let like some you never let some dude like make you feel different just because mm-hmm. you're a woman. My dad's always been like that. Um and he so basically I showed my dad the version that he money had sent and dad said it doesn't sound the same as before and I said yeah I was afraid you're gonna say that it doesn't sound the same he's changed a bunch of stuff I don't know what to do he's like well you have to tell him and so I called him and said I wonder if we can have equal creative control over this because I have a friend that does a lot of stuff for Justin Bieber who can re he can mix this again and he'll do it for free and I just want to take out some of these sounds and see what it sounds like I don't mean it's official but can we just have a shot at it just to see and it was my song yeah it's your song (laughs) i was giving him half the publishing i had no idea i had i had no no idea what it was about to be yeah i had no idea i was giving him i didn't have to give him any of the publishing now that i know like where the what you know i know the real situations i didn't have to give him anything actually i could have just given him fee um but i said he was getting half of everything because he was giving me a shot. So I, I was just being open about that. Yeah. And so he said, if I can't have full creative control, I can't do it because I'm an artist and people know me for whatever. Um, so, yeah. And so I, so yeah, without saying too much. So then he, so then I was like, okay, so what do we do now? Because I can't let this go out the way it is. This song is the only thing I have and I believe in it. And he said to me, um, you can take the production, do whatever you want. I almost think he was just bluffing. Yeah. And he didn't realize that I was actually just going to just do it. Mm-hmm. Neither did I. I didn't know. I just thought I blew all my chances of ever making it and doing anything. And I was back to the personal training stuff. And he gave me, he was like, you can take all the stems. I'll give you all the parts. Just do what you want. So he gave it to me. And then I was sitting on my parents' porch and I was crying. And my dad said, um, it was like, what happened? And I said, you know, he just gave me the parts. He doesn't want me to do it with him anymore. So it's over. And dad was like, well, you've got all the parts. So why are you crying? Like you've got the song, just make it as good as you can make it and then figure out what to do next. You know, we'll just, it will happen. And, uh, my dad normally in situations hasn't always been the most optimistic in certain things. And for some reason this time he just told me, no, you've got what you need. Just make it happen. And so I was sitting on the porch and then P money had actually introduced me to some other A&R at the time, like just before, a couple of weeks beforehand, because I asked him, can he introduce me to that label? And I'd given him other songs of mine in my catalogue. And so the same day after I'd spoken to P Money, I got a call from this guy named Archie from the label. And he was like, um, we, we heard some songs of yours and I was wondering if you want to feature on some DJ's stuff because they're a dance label. And I said, yeah, I would love to do that. And I said, by the way, me and P Money are going our separate ways. And he was like, oh no, what happened? And I said, oh, it's creative differences. And so we're not doing the song anymore. And he said, wait a minute, is it your song? And I said, yeah. He said, so you wrote it? And I was like, yeah. And he said, I had no idea. I didn't know you wrote it, didn't know, you know, that was your song. And he said, at Central Station, we love that record, so we'd love to be able to help you as an artist. Have you ever been an artist before? And I was like, no. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so let's get talking and see what happens. And I guess no more than I finished the song to where I wanted it and no more than a year, uh, maybe it was like maybe six, seven months later, I did some feature of a DJ that Archie put me in touch with. That song was on radio in Australia and then Call On Me was coming out and we put out the original version and uh, people started to get interested. Perez Hilton tweeted about it saying it's going to be the biggest song of 2017. All these things were happening and I was just, my mind was blown. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
so we were so then all of a sudden people like this guy named Salam Remy who who did um like Amy Winehouse and Nas and the Fugees and he's known for a lot of big artists he had hit me up on Facebook and because I used to make an effort like once a week I'd hit up as many people as I could find their info that people that were of influence I'd hit them up and send them my music so he just hit me back and was like what are you doing with this song and there was multiple email messages in his Facebook from me for years. Yeah. And he just decided he was going to answer for this. And, you know, mind you, I'd see him reading all of them. And, oh, yeah. And like, you see red, the check mark? The face. Red, yeah, the red, check mark. Red, it's red. The, I think it's the face on Facebook. Yeah. You see the head of the person, the little <laughs> profile picture next to it. Like yeah. they've read it. They didn't reply. And then he replied on this one thing. It was like, what are you doing with this song? And so next thing you know, um, I'm out in America signing a deal with L.A. Reid at Epic. And so this song, the original was just out and the original was going and doing well. It had like 10 million streams and that was a big deal for me because I was this indie artist. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a huge deal. It was a huge deal. Oh my gosh. And I was like, wow, like there was no money even put behind it. Yeah. You know? And it was just happening organically. And the next thing you know, Archie, because he's a very good DJ ear, he has a very good ear for music because he DJs himself. And so he was like, Sally, I'm going to put together a remix package. Um, let me know what you don't like and we'll just get some approved and we want to put out five songs, five versions. And I said, okay. He gave me the five versions. I skimmed through all of them, listened to him. I just thought they weren't as important as the actual meat and potatoes. Like yeah. meat and potatoes was the original. That's what every artist thinks in their mind. Yeah. Yes. Next thing you know, Ryan Ryback's version rears its head on Spotify. Um, like one guy in, in Norway added it to New Music Friday and uh-huh. so we found out at Spotify once I went to the headquarters in America that it had a 0% skip rate. And so because of that, it got the algorithm triggered it to hit every single playlist, wow. all the big ones. And so by Christmas, in a few months of it being out, by Christmas it had 100 million streams. Wow. Um, and so, so it changed crazy. my life. It changed yeah. my life like, yeah. literally in, in like pretty much overnight. And so, yeah. I totally think that the – like. I don't want to skim over the fact that you just like briefly mentioned that it's a 0% skip. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. In at Spotify they were like um we've never seen this happen before and little alone for an indie artist. They just yeah. couldn't believe it and it was no money. It was just happening yeah. by itself. Yeah. And by the time the money came that was that was the next year that was the beginning of the next year when yeah. when the label start injecting money into the promo and the marketing so that mm-hmm. I could get onto you know, Jimmy Kimmel and whatever else and do a bunch and get onto radio. Yeah. That's where they have to inject that. But before that, it was like a streaming success story. Like it was amazing. Yeah. So amazing. They did a case study on it. Spotify. Congrats. You're a case study. People were like, (laughs) you've officially made it. Yeah. Because all the artists and people in general were all asking questions because it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, how the hell did they do that? You were true to yourself. You're like, I wrote a song that was beautiful and it was just the perfect remix of it that people liked it. Which, by the way, I really like the original. Thank you. Appreciate you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I actually, so. The remix, though, I understand. The remix is super kids fun. love that shit. Yes. Yeah. When it comes on, they get so hyper. Like, they just jump around my That's nieces. So They're fun. like three and yeah. four. So That's I, the true the, test. Little yeah. kids. Uh, little kids. Pure Bar has you on a couple different playlists. And the one that I used the other night, Ellis was there. And I was like, Ellis, who's this? And unfortunately for you and Logan, he automatically goes, Daddy, Daddy Tar, Daddy Tar. But all in, if he asks for Daddy, he wants to hear you or Logan. And as soon as like he hears both of you, he's like, 
My heart is fine. Better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. So but no, cute. I love the original. But I also love the original of Love is Blind. Oh yeah, as I love it more than the remix. I like the I like Love is Love original more too. Yeah, the, re- uh, yeah. the remix did better than the original again. I know, I saw that. And is it I'm, just more dance? You know, it you is. know what I think it is too. The fact that I'm an unknown artist with um with an indie, a very tiny indie label makes it really hard to promote a song that's a bit slower. Yeah. Um, whereas dance records, people just resonate with it straight away and yeah. they don't they don't skip it unless they hate it because they might be at the gym or they're somewhere where they want to be active and they hear this new song and it feels yeah. good. But if you hear just a playing guitar, like an acoustic yeah. um, coming in on a song, unless you know the artist, you're not going to be bothered a lot of the time. Yeah. You yeah. know, the mainstream people mm-hmm. aren't bothered. And I do pop, so it has to be something that catches them straight away. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. yeah. So prior to this podcast, I did my Starly listening <laughs> and one of the um, record covers or like the E, I think it was maybe a single. I think it was Call On Me. It has a ladybug on the front. Mm-hmm. Is that a harken back to your uh, right childhood? Yeah. To the ladybugs. Yeah. The reason and what's so crazy is I didn't know. I knew the song was special and I knew it yeah. could do massive things. But I didn't even think about the fact that maybe I should have put my face on there because that would have been probably a little bit smarter. But at the same time, I was true to myself and I made the cover out the Lady Beetle because um, that was the beginning of my story. And that was the reason yeah. why I make music was because I started connecting with something else that I didn't. In the garden. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Thank you. I've been waiting this whole time since you said the ladybug <laughs> thing oh, you in the beginning. Said it, I've I, been yeah. holding on and waiting. For some reason, in my head, I've seen like all the different versions of that with the ladybug on it. Yeah. And again, not in the music industry. So yep. I was just like, they just chose that. No, they wanted and to now make, I get it. They wanted to make one for me with yeah. something else. And I just said, no, let me figure it out on my own. And then I was thinking what feels the most truest to me. And, you know, the fact that I'm starting this whole new journey now which is kind of like a very late start for an artist. I was yeah. like, well, let me go back to the beginning and put this thing that signifies. I love that so much. Yeah. So, That's so beautiful. I think the fact that it, the way the story happened and the way that that song happened, I think it only made sense to put that there. And it was part of the reason why it just had no way. It was unstoppable no yeah. matter what. Even if the first version wasn't taken, the second one happened, it was going to happen like that because it was just um, meant to be kind of thing. So, it's- yeah. It's a beautiful song. I know she has a ton of questions for you, like songwriting wise, but what was your like, um, men, like mentality or like, where were you? Like, cause obviously UK, mm-hmm. you were depressed, not knowing you were depressed. Mm-hmm. You're like, Hey, I'm just going to work out. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go home now. Yeah. Cause it's not okay. Even yeah. though I feel great. <laughs> um, I look great, but I look great <laughs> inside. I'm a huge mess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what, where were you at? Like mental health wise? Like what, what was going through your head? Like, were you taking care of yourself? Are there things that you would look back at yourself now and be like, I wish I had like this question will come up again yeah. on other stuff. But like, where where were you at this point? Like when Call On Me got big? Yeah. Like whenever you wrote Call On Me and then like these remixes came, like what was, where were you in your like personal life? I think I had yet to deal with a lot of things when yeah. it was all happening. And so when you have something that happens that quickly and the fact that it was very unheard of, especially in this day and age, everything is so... um manufactured Mm -hmm. and 
put in these neat little packages and then it comes out when everybody wants to see it and you've got everything organized and you got these, you know, um, timed posts and everything is yes. like to perfect timing. Yes. Whereas with my thing, it happens so out of the blue that I wasn't prepared for all of that mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally. And I think, um, I was just going with the flow and there was like so much happening. So I was just doing the work and going on tour and going and doing TV and, um, like, we did Good Morning America, Jimmy Kimmel, Today Show. I think that was all within like a month. And then we were touring at the same time with, I opened for this band called Clean Bandit, who are very... Who, she was just in the video of, go look at it. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of hits. People usually don't know their name, but they have so many hit songs. Like that song, Rockabye, that has um, Sean Paul in it. Mm-hmm. It goes, Rockabye, baby, Rockabye. That's their song. They have a lot of big songs. Um but yeah, so I was on tour with them for five weeks straight and expected to put out another single and all these things were happening at the same time. And for me, I wasn't mentally ready. I also wasn't ready to pour out my heart in another song yet. Mm-hmm. And so they were rushing out these songs that I wasn't even like happy, fully happy with. Um, and so, yeah, I, it took me a second and I was dealing with my sexuality being mm-hmm. completely different to the way I, I expected it, but I was being true to myself. Um, but dealing with that in front of people, you know, and, uh, like a radio host one time was just like, so what are you? Because I guess the, I started dressing differently cause I was trying to find myself and I wasn't yeah. quite sure where I sit. Wasn't, I wasn't sure. Now I kind of, um, I'll go through phases where I want to just be really kind of lean more towards a masculine side. And then all of a sudden I'll just wear a dress and just surprise people. And that's where I sit at the moment. At that time I was dressing mainly in masculine type of clothing, I guess. Um, we could call it maybe more urban. I don't know what you want to call it. But um, the radio host was like, so what are you, you know, where do you sort of lie on the sexuality chart thing? And I said, well, I think I'm bisexual. And it was the first time I ever had said it out loud mm-hmm. in front of that the, a bunch of people that I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was only the people that I knew that were around me that knew me because I was yeah. always open about who I am. But not to the general public and my family didn't even know. And so I grew up in church singing and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So I just wasn't prepared to tell them. But when he asked me on the spot, I couldn't lie because it's like, I hate lying and I just don't know what, what else to say. So, um, yes, I was dealing with that at the same time, which was very interesting. That's huge. (laughs) So is that how your family found out? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. My mom, she, my mom used to listen to every single, uh, interview I ever did. So she she, she doesn't even know how, like she only just learned how to use the emoji thing. Yes. And meanwhile, she's like looking up on her iPad, um, every single interview I've ever done. And she found that one in America, you know, Mm -hmm. of all places. And she, um, she sort of said to my dad, she pulled him aside at some point and said, you know, Clifford, I think we need to talk to Starly. I think she's dating women. Yeah. And so my dad had just called me because we talk all the time. Yeah. And so he called me and was like, um, so I need to ask you something. He said, are you um, seeing a woman? And I wasn't ready because I th- I thought the main thing for me was I wanted to be at the pl- place where I was kind of like dating and having fun because I'd been with a guy for so long in a serious relationship that I wasn't ready to be in, a, in another serious relationship. So I sort of had said to the people I, would da- I was dating, I was dating like three girls at the same time and I told all of them I'm just I just want to be free and I'm not wanting to settle down yet 
And I didn't think I could be in a relationship with a woman. I thought I could date them and have fun, but there's no way I could actually be with a woman like that because it's a very different dynamic. Yeah. And I didn't think that I could handle all that. And when I met my girl, my current girlfriend now, Hannah, she had interviewed me. Um, and that's how we met. It's very um, industry type of way of meeting. It's and very um, Netflix <laughs> Christmas Hallmark yeah. that I've been in the. <laughs> she interviewed me and I was like instantly in love with her. Um, kind of. Yeah. Kinda, kind of was just kind of more obsessed than anything. But um, aren't we all? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how be obsessed like most. Because Aaron, I think, was obsessed with you. I was like. I was obsessed with <laughs> Kyle. I told like the literally the week before Kyle and I started dating, I was like, I'm going to make that bass player fall in love with me, which he takes offense <laughs> oh, to because yeah. he's a guitar player. He's not a bass player. <laughs> well, he knew what he was getting into when he married you. Fine. <laughs> I think some one of them, somebody has to know. Someone. That has I, to because they have to make it happen. Otherwise, yeah, somebody like, has to because the world is too fast. Yeah. Somebody has to recognize it. And go yeah. for it. I had a particular feeling when she put the mic on me that it was something else. Yeah. She didn't know. Like, this isn't lust. This yeah. is like, I feel connected to you. No, I felt a lust. <laughs> just pure lust. Hands down, just lust. That's what I thought. That's what I thought it was. But I think it was more. I just, it was just my, you know. Your visceral reaction yeah. was like, this is just, yep, girl, I like you. I just was like, damn, she's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But when when I when we started ch- talking and everything, she I said to her, just so you know, I'm dating and I'm not wanting to settle down. And yeah. she said, it's okay, do your thing because we're going to end up together anyway. Aww. And so she was the one that was just like, she was the one. And that was some type of mind game trick because it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, be free, do what you want. We're going to end up together, and I'm very confident, so it's cool. And then yeah. you're like, you're all, oh, what am wow. I doing then? And then I yeah. just got rid of all of them like straight away after she had said that. <laughs> it was a, she mind me kind of thing she was like i've um, been around this block i know what to do yeah did. <laughs> it's the older woman thing <laughs> it is us older ladies with our other people um what did you uh, ask me oh uh, so basically you're just talking about like how your mental health was being and then like um yeah so your mom and dad found out via the interview yeah. and so kind of what was like that because obviously love yeah. is love is about you yeah telling your dad yeah um and so what was your like what were you going through like how was your like m- m- how was your health and like your your stress and your like insides during all that because all of us yeah. it, like so this is where I feel like sorry I'm going to talk for just a second yeah where I feel like even though we haven't been through like that exact conversation we all have like things that it's like what could we have done differently or like where was I at like mentally that I could have been taking care of myself better so like where were you at during all of that and like what would you look back at now and be like I wish I had done this because that would have helped me so much more I wish looking back on everything that year was just a whirlwind Mm -hmm. but looking back I wish I just stopped Mm -hmm. and told everybody around me that was trying to push me to do certain things and and explain to me that I was obligated, I wish that I realized I had the control and mm-hmm. I was the boss. Yeah. That those people worked for me and then I could have told them, hey, I need to stop because I'm going to lose my mind in a second. I need to just go and take a break and go back to Australia and spend some time with my family and tell them about this stuff that I'm going through and hopefully work it out with them. 
You were um, all you were in America the entire time. Time, yeah. Dang. And okay. so I think that hurt them even more. Yeah, because it wasn't were just, personal. Yeah, they were like, "Why did you have to tell us over the phone?" And then I was like, "But then I forgot that actually my dad outed me on the phone." Oh, but okay. you, know, <laughs> you should have waited and yeah. asked when I was in <laughs> person. You could have waited until I got home. But he was Thanks. so mad. You know, as well because they're such um, sort of strict Christians. I guess they didn't realize that I was actually learning that I was bisexual. I didn't know my whole life that I was mm-hmm. bisexual. It wasn't just something that I hid from them my entire life mm-hmm. because I think they that's what was the biggest hurt to them was the fact that my whole life went by and I'm now like verging on 30 and hadn't told them that I was, um, they felt like you were hiding that for 30 years Yeah, versus you're like, I'm just now decide like figuring this out. I think I've been bisexual my entire life, but I didn't know it was an option until I was, you know, 27, Mm -hmm. you know, um, something happened to me that I've never, um, talk about, but something happened that then I realized, Oh, um, okay, I don't want it with this person, but I could see that I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, yeah. And I actually told my dad a bit of that. And I think just all the hurt, all the things that I hadn't told him about, and they yeah. thought they didn't know who I was because all this time we had such a close relationship mm-hmm. and they just felt like, how could you have held this in from us? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Which is hard. Yeah. So hard. It was hard for them. And I understood as well that it was hard and, Hannah was um, really good in that way because she, she's been through that with her parents. Mm-hmm. And so she told me the best advice ever was just to let them breathe, mm-hmm. and let them take their time with it. Don't force anything on them. Just let it go. And when they're ready, they'll, they'll come around. And so we went through a year of us having enough conversations that hurt me so much that I just told my parents to stop texting me, stop calling me. And so we basically didn't speak for at least six, seven months. Wow. Um, and that was really hard because I would just continue to work and I was doing all these things and just and not. And you were so close. Yeah. We were best buddies and I don't even have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. I have a very small circle. So my family's my number one. And so the fact that they weren't there and then. Where were your brothers and sisters during they, this? They, I think they didn't. One of my One of my brothers reached out and said he loves me no matter what. And that was really comforting. And then my sister reached out actually as well. But my sister and I didn't really have a close relationship before that. She's the eldest and she. That's a big age gap. Very big age gap. Yeah. And, but my little brother reaching out really meant something to me. Even my sister talking to me meant something as well. But um, they still didn't, they weren't regularly checking in on me. Right. Um, And I guess it was because my parents, they were seeing what my parents were going Mm -hmm. through and they felt bad. And then they didn't know how to, you know, and then the next thing was my other brother, who's the lawyer. He called me and told me to take down all the photos I had of me and Hannah on there because it's hurting mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so I took down all the photos. At first, I didn't want to because I had just started to accept that I'm yeah. I'm this person. And I started letting these photos just be. be around and I didn't care anymore. And then when he told me that, I felt again rejected. OK, let me just mm-hmm. take these down if it's hurting them. Um, and so, yeah, but we took baby steps and we're in a a better place now. But yeah, I wish I could have told myself to just take it easy and mm-hmm. tend to my emotional state. Mm-hmm. Um, because you often don't realize you you are in the control seat and you just, I just at the time just thought that I had no say mm-hmm. and I have to let all these things happen to me, but you don't have to let anything happen to you. Um, so yeah. I feel like that's the theme of most things where it's like chaos is like, 
just happening around you mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm just supposed to accept it. Like that, that's my lot in life. Like this is just what I have to deal with. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not true. Mm. That reminds me of Ziza. Was it Ziza that was talking about being in the truck and feeling like she was like watching no, life? That was me. That was a really good analogy. Okay. So me and my good friend, Dak Shepard, we, um, I listen to his podcast pretty <laughs> often. We're not friends. Do you know who Dak Shepard is? No. It's Sounds okay. famous. Hey, but at least uh, you believed oh, he was my friend actor? for a minute. Yes. yes. Oh, I've met him. When I was on <laughs> some TV show. Because he's the one with the wife, right? They've got a good Kristen relationship. Bell. Yeah. Because yeah. my manager, my old, my ex-manager used to talk about him and his wife and how they've got such a good relationship. Yeah. We did some show in Alyssa Canada. manager? I think. Hmm? Alyssa manager? Yeah, yeah. We're not, she's not a manager anymore. But she used to talk about them as a couple or whatever. And we met them. Yeah. Amanda's just melting right now. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Sorry about that. She's bit. all, can Fine. you hook it up? Sorry that I told you. Uh, we no, just it met makes briefly. my heart he so liked, happy. He liked, he liked the song. I went to sing in the show and he was like, I love your song so much. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, thanks. That makes my heart so happy. And Alyssa said he's like Her really best famous. friend Dax my loves your song. My best friend Dax loves your song. That's great. Uh, no, that makes my heart so happy that they were nice too. So it lives up to my yeah, hype of who they are. Nice. Do you know total tangent before you get onto your amazing analogy that I was giving Ziza credit for yes which Ziza's got great stuff too but it was Amanda's they was it like last year or two years ago they did that like win a game yes, night date I night I figured you guys should definitely like they love Catan yeah I entered it did you I did enter it but I didn't win hopefully they do it I again. didn't have the hookup I know like, <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have the hookup I Dang I it. say it's okay um, so basically, I was listening to this podcast. It, Ted Danson was on it. And Ted Danson actually gave this analogy where he felt like his entire life, he was sitting in the back of a truck. And he was just like, life was going. And as he would like be going by, he'd be like, oh, I'm on a show. Or, oh, like, he was just, yeah. he was, it was just passing him by. And he wasn't actively in the driver's seat, but things were happening. And then as it would happen, he'd be like, oh, like, looking by as you passed it in the back of a truck. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until like later on in his life that he was like, I should be in the driver's seat. Like I should be the one driving this and like seeing where I'm going versus like sitting with my back to it and being like, Oh, things are just happening, happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel most of my life. And so it sounds like that's how you, like you probably felt during that time where it was like you just sitting in the back of a truck and like, someone else was in the driver's seat and you were just supposed to go and you were like all these things were like oh hey yeah oh yeah and I realized so nobody would oh maybe they would so I can't say too much about that um but I was gonna say the people around me if you don't you have to also pay attention to the people around you and how they deal with their problems Mm -hmm. because if they don't have a healthy way of dealing with their problems and they are part of your life, your professional life, and even your personal life, but your professional life, and they have some type of um, control over your professional life, that is a really important thing to take note of and yeah. to maybe not have those people in your life. Yeah. Um, because then they're just going to teach you their habits and force them upon you mm-hmm. unless you're going to say, listen, totally not doing what you just said right now. I'm just going to do my own thing. Which I'm sure is so, going to make them super happy. Yeah. <laughs> make that relationship great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And at the time, it's so funny because when I when I had done this song and I signed that deal, all those yeah. things happened without any of those people. It was me and the A&R that signed me, Archie, and mm-hmm. we were like so close. And 
we both believed in what each other were, was doing for one another. Um, and we've also had, we've always had like a very harmonious mm-hmm. relationship. Um, but then it's all the other people that got involved that would then, you know, steer things in different directions. And I didn't really know. Yeah. But that's a really good analogy because that's what it, that is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still have to figure it out now. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm, like, I'm still trying to get in the driver's seat. I'm in like the passenger seat, yeah, but like still yeah. with my back like angled sometimes. I'm probably like, on oh. a day-to-day, hour-by-hour <laughs> yeah. basis. Yeah. You're having to make the decision to yes. switch into the driver's for sure, seat. I, for sure. Yes. I think it's a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. And and you do have to keep re-evaluating yourself. Being like, yeah. okay, d- yeah. Am I doing this because I really want to do this? Is this really what mm-hmm. is true to me? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I feel like with meditating, so since yeah. I've been doing it, oh. but I was talking to the, so it's actually really funny because the class I go to is just like all old ladies and they Which all is go, amazing. it's amazing. So we like sit Which, around with tea. Note, one of them who definitely you've become friends with, she had a pillow that was like, um, <laughs> yes, I love her. What so does much. her pillow say? It's, Did it say good night? No, it says something about like. Cheers to the second marriage or something like that. Like it is something about being like looking forward to the second marriage. She did say to her husband passed away and she said oh. today, if you know any 78 to 80 year old single men out there, let me know. Send them her. Away. Like look so at her cute. pillow the next time you're a meditation. But it's like they're no, I never see like older people in LA ever really. So it's really yeah. cool to have this thing. But um. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, I would love to meditate. It's great. You should come with me sometime. I've, I've never it's done awesome. it. Awesome. You should come with both it's of us. Good. You should I come. I hate sitting, sitting still for so long, but I think I need to. It's thirty minutes, I'll so give it's, it a shot. it's not too bad, um, and it's guided. So they are telling you what to do, which is helpful. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, with the meditation, which I've been trying to do at least a couple times a week, it's like. I was telling those ladies today, it's really hard for me because I find myself wandering and unable to like stay where I'm supposed to be Mm. and how it's like training your brain to be right there and not. Yeah. So it's like right there is like Mm -hmm. a 30 minute example of having to switch into the driver's seat. Like, yeah, 30 times, probably at least once a minute, if not twice a minute where like life is just happening or you're like, I'm distracted by that person's breathing or this, there's this. And then all of a sudden is swallowing. (laughs) <laughs> that was really loud, but <laughs> 10 minutes, loud. <laughs> 10 minutes passes and you're like, I just missed 10 minutes of this 30 yeah. minute thing I dedicated myself to. So I feel like it's just like, even in that you're like, wow, every second of the day you're having to make a conscious decision where to you're going to be. Present. Yeah. Yeah. When when we were on tour with Katy Perry, she would, um, she meditates with her team for an hour before every show. Dang. Every night. That's really cool. With the whole team. She got them all like transcendental meditation lessons or whatever, and they all know how to do it and they do it every That's day. That's amazing. Sure. Could you imagine yeah. doing that with Kyle before you go on a show? Hell no. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle eats a whole meal right before the show. Like, let's just say like 30 minutes before the show, he'll have a whole complete meal. Yeah. And not long before that, he had another meal, like a lunch meal, and he'll have his mm-hmm. dinner meal before the show to make him feel ready. That's how he yeah. preps himself. I won't eat all day pretty much and I'd have like the smallest thing so my stomach is settled. Yeah. Um, and then I'll eat afterwards because yeah. I just, I get too nervous. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle um, eats again with you Dietrich after. Dietrich calls oh, dinner. <laughs> Man, am I like ratting him out or do you already No, know? I already know this. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> no, like his Instagram story show it. Like while you guys were in Australia, especially, especially it was like, um, 
a Starly would post a picture of being like, I'm drinking a green juice. Kyle, what are you drinking? And it's like all the beers on the rider for Kyle. <laughs> and then like they go and then it's like two o'clock in the morning and they're going to get, what is it? Oh, the hot Chinese pot. hot pot. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like so 30 good. spices or something of unknown, amazing old Chinese type mm-hmm. of like tradition. That's his and love language. That was the, honestly though, I'm part Asian. My mom's yeah. Filipino and Japanese and that was the best soup I've had in life. Oh, wow. So it, I've never had a better one than that ever. That's and I great. eat a lot of Asian. I love Asian food. Yeah. So it was really good. You, you, you Even you, there were lots of things for you because it was all fresh yeah, vegetables. I would love so, it. So what you do, you get a hot pot. Uh-huh. So you get like a pot. Yeah. You come in, they give you one and you got the tongs. And then you go and grab all the vegetables that you want. There's like Chinese um, broccoli, mm-hmm. um, spinach, special all types of mushrooms, um, tofu, all types of little meat things. You can get brisket, pork, whatever you want. Put it in a bowl and then give it to these people and they go and they have this soup that they're cooking like a broth they're making oh. probably for hours all day mm-hmm. and they just like ask you your spice level and that's it they pour it over and they let it cook for a second and then they give it to you so cool that it, sounds that's like the best. amazing that also, was like a really big thing for a while do you know what i'm talking about when you would do you yeah, get all the veggies surf. and throw it on um, the it would be i mean there's teppanyaki? like um it's kind of like that but it's like more fast food version I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, yes. though. Like the Benihana thing? Uh, the hibachi, but it's like, like yeah. Korean. There's like, um, I can't really think of it. We'll think of it yeah. after. But I do want to say really quickly that Dietrich's been asking for nighttime lunch lately. And that sounds like something Kyle needs to Kyle bring in. Kyle is very into nighttime he, lunch. He always goes, "What? T- when is nighttime lunch? We're like, where did that come from? What's nighttime lunch? Is oh, it yeah. like a sandwich? It's just like nighttime meal. I think. Well, I don't know. It's dinner, but like it's more special. Dinner, but like later than dinner. Yeah. <laughs> nighttime lunch. Uh, so Kyle's out right now. And I he said he was at a taco shop. And I was like. Then I talked to him later and we were FaceTiming and he was eating McDonald's. I was like, did you not eat at the taco place? And he was like, no, it, like I was just like not that hungry. Um, and then I looked at our bank account and he spent $30 in the taco <laughs> place. So he for sure ate. Then he how had does McDonald's. He know that, how does he think he's going to get away with it? I don't know. <laughs> but I he think it's just like in the moment. The I don't even care if I don't get away with this. I just don't want to talk to you about this right now. Yeah. yeah. He, he, that's I think that's it. how men deal with stuff for sure. <laughs> yes. My ex used to lie to me about little stupid yeah. things like that. And you're like, why did you bother lying? But it's just because yeah. I don't want to talk about it. It's because Easy. he's just like, I don't want you to make me feel bad that like I'm eating two meals. I, will I, give, I think I will give Aaron a shout out here. I feel like he's dead honest with me about that stuff. Like, well, yeah, because he eats better than I he ate the tacos. Italian food. Yeah. yeah. And then I went out for this awesome, way more expensive than McDonald's meal yes, after. Exactly. Aaron will never be hiding the fact that he's like downing fast food on top of his tacos. This is true. That's true. He, you, he's also not married to a dietitian. So That's there's true, never yeah. like guilt. He's the one guilting me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I must say at least Kyle's trying like all different types of foods. He does. Because when I is, first met him, he yeah. wouldn't. No. He wouldn't try anything. When and then you when, first met him, he was like a whole different level of trying things than when I first met him. I first met him and I think all he would eat was like chicken nuggets or something like that. He would only <gasps> eat like he had just cheese. introduced quinoa into his life. Wow. And that was the only like interesting thing. No, he, he literally only ordered like two things. Though. Yeah. He would eat. Chicken, mac and cheese, chicken yep. and mashed potatoes, and that was it. That was it. That sounds like he wouldn't eat a burger. Yeah. No, he wouldn't even eat burgers. He's now really he grown does. up. Now he's like, I no. love meat. 
Yeah, he he changes real quick because yes, I've only met. <laughs> when did I meet him? Like a year, eight months ago or something. Yeah, and now he eats hot pot. Yeah, which just has a million spices in it. Yes. And, flavors and then there's chili and whatever he yeah he didn't even want to eat chinese he's food growing when I up him. yeah no he's he's guys he's getting big he had sushi <laughs> with us <gasps> he had sushi not not sashimi or anything oh like that. okay but he had some fried food at the japanese place <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> and some vegetables he had some veggies what? I, I actually have guilted him in enough to like him eating veggies and i'm so thankful for you and logan because you guys are very good influences in the health world. So I try not to force it upon him. I never really You don't like, have to force him, but just, like always have the idea for yeah. him. No, I just order it. Yeah. And then if he wants it, he can eat it. Yeah, I think that's if great. It looks appealing, you know. And Logan the same way. He's like, I always offer like, hey, I'm going to go work out. Do you want to come? And he's like, I'm trying to provide a good example for him. He just chooses to lay in bed. <laughs> <laughs> The best is that you're laughing because you're visualizing the I conversation am, that you've had I'm, with yeah, him. I was trying to think, like, yeah, I did ask him a couple of times, and then he did make me laugh. And he was just like, <laughs> do you know what yeah. I love the idea of? You itching that personal trainer oh. part of your body and your soul. Transform Kyle. Tra- That's so funny. I, you I just post a Transformation love- Tuesday story of Kyle every week. <laughs> I do love helping people work out, even though I'm not trained or anything. Like, especially when I start getting fit again, yeah. I go, like, I just want to help people. And I'll just be like, yo, let's do this together. Even Hannah, even though yeah. she's really fit, I'm really good at training her because I just like encouraging people and pushing mm-hmm. them. And then she's got all these things that's happening at the moment where she's doing some modeling stuff. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. let's make you even better and stronger and whatever. Yeah. And like, let's get you a Nike thing. Like, so we're pushing. That's cool. She did a Reebok commercial thing. And so now we're trying to push for that. So, like, we started boxing and doing a bunch of stuff. That's amazing. And stuff. Um, Come take Pure Bar. Is that cool? I mean, that's I what teach you it. teaches. Fun. What is Pure Bar? It's basically like ballet mixed with Pilates and oh. yoga. Uh, well, my least favorite thing. <laughs> uh. I'm just imagining. I was like imagining how encouraging she was being and how defeated she would be after just being with me for one hour at the gym. Oh, John is the worst. Literally respond zero. I had a personal trainer before we got married. Like that was the thing I did and I got really fit. Believe it or not. I was so fit. You were very I was like committed and he would tell me to do stuff and I would just look at him and be like, no. I was in the driver's seat during personal (laughs) training and he would just be like, you don't have a choice. And I would say, yes, I do. And I would just lay on the ground. And that's that. That's the end of it. Technically, I do have a choice. I'm still paying you. You know what? Wait until I get to my super like fit, fit, fit level, because you'll be surprised at how like convincing someone can be if they really like, you know, there's just a few. Yeah. You know, but when I feel that way and then I look that way and then I'm saying certain things Mm -hmm. to you, I have a feeling I could make you do it. If you could make me do it, I would buy you a Jack in the Box burger. All you have to do, you got to tell me like if you, like we'd we'd talk about it and we'd go through it mentally. Like what's the reasons why you want to get fit? What, Mm. you know, what's, what's sort of, What's the motivation? Like you, that yeah. 35 What's mark the fittest you've is ever looking been? like my, my motivation now. And like telling me what the fittest you've ever been is and like how did you feel, like whatever. And then like as we're training and the pain starts to set and I'll be like, remember how you felt when you're... <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'll just lay on the ground and, and like, be like, I and don't just, care. Just it's, listen to her voice. Why wouldn't you? It's okay, it's maybe if thing. I just have your songs playing. This guy who was really encouraging to me, who was amazing, um, he used to tell me about those two minutes of pain 
um, when you go through like the worst pain, like when you're doing like um, intervals or like you're walking uphill for like seven minutes straight and you're walking as fast as you can. And when that serious pain starts to set in, think about something that you've been through that you made it through, like the worst point in your life and think about those things and understand how you conquered that and, and do it, do that again, run through that in your mind while you're going through the worst pain. And he said, you'll, you'll do it every time. Wow. That's very true. Oh, yeah. If That's I ever advice. make it back to Pure Bar, I'm going to do that. You're going to come to Pure Bar <laughs> I have again. conquered a lot of freaking things. Yeah. Just he, not physically. He, he was a boxer. Like, he used to be a boxer. And now he trains, like, um, actors and all those kind of things. You know Craig David? You know yeah. how Craig David used to be skinny? Pre-007? Craig David. Craig David. Craig, <laughs> Craig David, seven days, um, Monday. I wasn't even going to pretend like I knew. We were making love. Oh, yes. Craig David used to be skinny. Now he's like a muscly guy. This guy (laughs) made him muscly. Craig David used to be my favorite. You're talking about that Craig, that other Craig guy. Yeah, but his name is Craig. (laughs) English dude. Craig is that Craig? (laughs) Some of your listeners are going to know who Craig David is. Yes, okay. And we could still be listening by now. This podcast has been going for hours. I don't know. You're going to need to break it up in segments. (laughs) We're just going to be like five episodes of Starly. I think that's what it's going to be. (laughs) Maybe. How long have we been going? We could get even more. I wanted to find you this guy. Anyway, continue. Um, no. So you'll train Jonna, Pure Bar, but See, if this whatever. guy tells you that trick, then you're already going to do it. He made me like the coolest. Yeah, I feel like if I had my deepest, darkest, like saddest moment being like, you can push through that, you can push through this, I for sure would be motivated to do it. Yeah. The scary, intimidating photo. There you go. Here's the oh, deal. Dang. Here's the deal. He's like a, uh, trains the... If there's something you in me, that, you do it. I yeah, don't, I don't know. He's very scary. Did you see? But he's not I scary. Think you're in real, scary. In real, life, in real life, he's actually not scary. He's very funny. So it makes That's it even awesome. more enjoyable because yeah. he's just like a funny person, and he'll just tell you like, "Give us some more heart," and like whatever he'll tell you, you're just like, "Yes, I'm going to do that." Dang, I wish I was like that. I'm like, mm, or I could not. Like that's what I say <laughs> back to them. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. That's when you just have to tap into your emotional side. Yep. Yeah. You've got to remember that that's like training for your other stuff that you that you do every day. It's a different type of way of training your mind to conquer stuff. It's meditation, but while you're working out. Yeah. At least I'm stretching now. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a pretty huge feat <laughs> that she's stretching. And even meditation, I can't do that. Yeah. I want to try. But I don't One day we're all going to go and it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah that'll be cool. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so where are you now? Like you're doing lots of stuff and like you're, yeah, now I guess, um, I'm in a interesting place. I don't have a manager anymore. I decided that I was just going to be on my own until I figured out some things. You're driving and your truck. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. It's really weird. Cause I'll go and do shows. Like I just did the with Kyle was supposed to be there, uh, but I did the Kyle. closing ceremony for the Invictus Games, oh, which yeah. is kind of like the American version of the Warrior Games. Yeah. Um, What's that sport? It's it's for the wounded soldiers. Oh. Yeah. So Prince Harry and Megan were putting on this event and it was a very big event for Australia and Europe and stuff. And so I was doing the closing ceremony with no manager and it was very interesting because I had to, I had to do be all in the driver's seat yeah. and do everything and talk to everybody. And I think it was 
kind of strange for them because they're not used to talking directly to the artist. Yeah, and, and you know, um, that was interesting. And so I've continued to do that um, with other shows that we've got coming up and just in general with so much. I didn't realize how much the managers have to do. Yeah. So mm. I'm like, okay, but at least I'm in control and um, I'm working it out baby steps. And so um, I'm just reorganizing my life and it has been refreshing for me and like eye-opening for me mm-hmm. to be really trying to figure out, okay, well, where do I want to go in my career? What do I want, who I am and my music, what do I want all of that to say? And then start building slowly, figuring out how to put those pieces together and the kind of people that I want in my team to make that happen. Um, so that's where I'm at at the moment. And I'm doing a few shows early next year. Um, but the main focus right now is to make my album. Um, I'm signing a deal with IMG Models and somehow, weirdly enough, although I was the person that uh, never thought I could be a front person for anything, um, weirdly enough, things like that happen and you're like, yeah. wow, how did that even happen? Which from Don't an know. outsider's perspective, which I'm sure that Jonna also agrees, is that you're strikingly beautiful. Oh, yes. Oh. And so Thank it you, makes complete sense you know, from the, the person outside. Never, the yes. person and the artist and whatever never thinks. Yes. Like, I never, I always look at myself and you know what I did the other day? I'm going to tell you something really dumb and you guys can hate on me or whatever. Uh, I went and happen. got my, <clears throat> got my smile lines filled and I got my lip filled. I've never had a, a reason to do that. I never th- even thought I needed to do that. But suddenly I'd seen pictures of myself and I was like, whoa, you look really tired, girl. Like you need to like <laughs> feel that. And like, and I. It I, looks really good. It looks very natural. I think it's still healing. I oh, can, I would have I can never tell, known. I can tell big time like that my lips di- look different and my face. My face looks a bit different. But um, yeah, I felt the pressure, which is weird. I got I, lash extensions. I felt the same pressure. I was like, I need to. They're they're gone I've got now. Extensions too. They're great. But once you I get, get her in her eyelashes and one day, I have destroy your natural lash. I, I used to have really felt long lashes. But like mine have gotten shorter. Yeah, they do. And I have already drama with lashes. They, they fall out. They fall out, and they take a long time to grow back. So then you have to you get stuck with the cycle of. Getting like, them. I have to just keep doing them. Yeah, I've been getting them for years now. And my look, my lower lashes are so long. So my natural top lashes were really long, and I suddenly was like. Fell for the pressure again. I don't know oh, what's going on. We're all susceptible to the pressure. Up. I'm just cheap. I was yeah. like, I would love to get my eyelashes done. I'm just going to go buy a nice mascara. Yeah, instead. exactly. You should yeah. do that. Yeah. The, I like them because I'm not very good at doing makeup. So when I wake up, you guys look it's, bomb. It's kind of yeah. done. Yeah. You're like, okay, exactly. don't really have to do much. Then put a little bit of like concealer on and I'm good and I can leave the house. So um, that's where that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, your spread in I Vogue stopped. Australia was beautiful. Thank you. Vogue was very cool. They dressed me in like really diverse stuff. Yeah. Um, so I really liked that because I like they didn't put me in a box of like yeah. one thing. Um, when did your love yeah. for fashion start? I always used to say that I wasn't even into it. Like people somehow were saying, oh, you're so fashionable or whatever. And like in interviews and stuff. And I'd be like, I'm just literally wearing a T-shirt and jeans. I'm here today wearing like cargo pants. And do you guys call these cargo pants? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say they have like, a, do they have pockets camo. on the side? Yeah. Yes. Camo. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Camo pants and like a long sleeve shirt. Um, But yeah, people would say that and I was like, I'm not fashionable. And then I realized I actually do like fashion. Yeah. I just never paid attention to it. And then I realized back in in primary school, 
I used to hound my mum for the most fashionable things. And then I'd, when I was working for my dad with the blinds, I'd save my money up and go to the, the stores at the time that were the, the places to go to. I'd save all my money up to buy one shirt, like one shirt yeah. that was like a Ralph Lauren or like one of those things that was like a quality thing that I thought was fly. So I was very into it since I was a kid. Um, my mom said, <laughs> and we didn't have, a, I didn't have a lot of clothes, um, when I was younger, I'd just get hand-me-downs from all the yeah. others. But I had these Paris shorts that my mom bought me that had like, they were black and they were fluoro. They had all these fluoro colors on them and a white shirt to match it with these. It was a white shirt with fluoro buttons. And so everything matched. And I loved that outfit. And I used to want to wear that every day. And my mom would tell me, you can't wear the same thing every day. <laughs> you got to wash it. you got to wear something else. Like, it's fine, it mom. Was, it was because I thought it it's looked so good. It's my signature look. Yeah, exactly. You're like, this is <laughs> who I am. I was, I, was, I was only like seven years old, but I didn't think anything else looked as good as that. So I wanted yeah. to just wear that because nothing else it. looked as good. And so I think I've just liked it my whole life. So I had a pink sweet. fluffy dress that I wanted to wear all the time. And did I you? thought that it was looked great. Yeah. Did you? I would always wear it. And my mom would be like, no, you cannot no. wear that. Thanks. <laughs> um, whenever you guys played at Hotel Cafe, I held uh, Starly's bag and it was Gucci. And I was like, this is the only time Gucci was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the one Gucci bag I own. I'll just proclaim that. Oh, I bought yes. it this. I bought it recently. Oh, it was like I pressed it against my body, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's so You just look over, it. and Amanda's just licking your back. I'm just like, Ooh. "Yeah, you're doing great. Just stay up there." She just you're stuffing it under your shirt on your body. My you're like, "I just need skin to skin with so, this." So that's another thing. Like again, it's the it's the influence of being yeah. around. Like when I'll do those photo shoots, they put on this really expensive stuff on me, and I'm like, I would never even own anything like this. Yeah. Like a, $20,000 pair of earrings Ooh. or something and like these brands that I would never wear unless I've been given to do one thing and then I'll take it off straight mm-hmm. away. Um, so this year I thought since I haven't made any big spends since I, like I was still, I'm, I still shop at Topshop, Urban Outfitters, all those places. But I thought since I haven't done anything, I'm going to spend money on a really good bag and a really good pair of shoes. I think those are great investments. Hell yeah, <laughs> because the shoes I bought were leather Valentino shoes that oh. I actually wore that night. Um, which yeah, I've been, they're also really which I've cool. been getting a lot of good use out of, but um, they were the most expensive shoes I've ever bought. They were like, they were like thirteen hundred dollars, and I was like, yeah. whoa! But I wear them all the time, and they're going to last forever. Yeah. And when I looked online at those sites that people sell their their designer stuff, no one's ever selling leather boots because they're just so you yeah. can't yeah. ever. They get better you with get, age. Yeah. Treat yourself. Exactly. You had a case study done about exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> Get those Valentinos. Be yeah. smart, but treat yourself. <laughs> and Hannah has a Gucci bag too that I got for her. Uh, and because um, I thought I can't just be walking around Gucci. She's got to have a Gucci one as well. That is so The sweet. one I got her was better than my one. Like it's, it was even, it was way more expensive, but it suits her more than me. Like the one totally. I got suits me. Yeah. And, yeah. It also suited me for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Hell yeah. That one, that one suits a lot of people because it just. It's like the fanny pack too, mixed with like just a bag. A bag and I yeah. love it. Yeah. And because you're a mom too, like you can put different departments. You could have right. like compartments, departments. You, can, <laughs> you could have like your credit cards in one and then all your baby like snacks in yeah, one. Exactly. Kyle. Oh, Kyle's snacks. <laughs> I'll say that actually makes snacks. Snacks. Kyle's snacks. Kyle's snacks. All the boys in my life snacks. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Um, did you want to ask her anything about songwriting? I think she's been very open and I've loved it. I've 
appreciate your songs. I've been listening to them. Like I said, I feel like you're very vulnerable and yeah, honest, which is an awesome trait to have, especially in pop music, because oftentimes that can be very contrite. So yes, is contrite the right word? That's not the right word. I think it is where it's like, it's very... Can you please define that for me? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's very like, um, again... Let's take that one back. I don't know what it is. Ask me what like... Contrived? The, like Contrite. Contrived is what I was looking for. Yeah, that's what I think you Yeah, Contrite means sad, right? Mm, I don't quite know, but I know contrived means to put... That's what know, I meant? Yeah. And to think, to, it's I wish kind I knew of like how to use through. Siri on my phone now because yeah. I would ask it, but I don't know how. It's okay. You got a new phone. It's fine. That's like my Gucci. Okay, yes. guys, I upgraded. Exactly. <laughs> so contrived and like, yeah, I just really that. appreciated that. So yeah. I, I loved your songs and I'm really Thanks. glad. It's really cool to have you be someone who was like passionate about songwriting and went on that journey. And now you're able to write from that, but you're also able to be the person singing. That's really cool because... It's not like getting changed into someone else's story because you kind of have to do that as an artist, right? If you yeah. get a song that someone else wrote, mm-hmm. you kind of have to like bring yourself into it so that it makes sense. But yeah. for you, you just get to, it is all you, the yeah. whole thing, which is really cool. Yeah. It's super fun. Um, thank you. Yeah. And you get to be in the driver's seat. Yeah. You know, because like a lot of the times as a songwriter, you can't, um, always get you it's not easy to get your songs placed mm-hmm. i even have a friend the one that i met up with recently and she has written some big songs and i did think to myself later like even though she's written those big songs she has to work like a dog to mm-hmm. actually continue to be on that pedestal and um you write so many beautiful songs and a lot of the time you don't know when they're going to get placed or whatever and whereas when you Seeing the songs, you could write them and put them yeah. out when you're ready, whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And how you want yes. it to be. Yeah. So then I was thinking, like, I would never want to be in that position because I just, it, it wasn't for me. Yeah. For some people, yeah. they could do it, but you have to eat, breathe, and sleep that world as well, not just the actual thing that you love, but there's a whole different world that comes with that. Mm-hmm. It's very competitive and crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. And the oh. last thing I feel like I want to just talk about for one second is I really appreciated what you said about the people being around you and how they work through things and where they're at health wise. I think that's super relatable to any of our listeners, like being aware of your family or your friends or your close inner circle and how they're going through things or dealing with life or where they're at mental health wise and being able to recognize that and see how it's not only influencing you, but also like reworking your brain to like how you can ask better questions mm-hmm. um, in your relationships so that you aren't being dragged down, but you're also able to be a better support person and yeah. be protect yourself too. Yeah. And never take advice from somebody that you wouldn't want to be in their position mm-hmm. or you see them doing something and you're like, Oh, that's questionable. And then you take their advice and you're like, well, because <laughs> 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 if they if they don't know what they're doing, then how can they give advice to you? Yeah. Absolutely. So, and yeah. like in your work with you for working or anybody out there, a lot of our listeners are at LA, so a lot of them are freelance or yeah. in situations where you have different people you're depending on. If they don't have the same values as you, then that's tricky. So yeah. I think that's really cool to just be aware of thinking like, I don't have to do these things. I am the driver. So I can decide like it's not necessarily personal, but we just don't align like creatively or we don't have the same values. We don't care about the same things. 
You don't care that I need a minute to be with my family. So why would we continue doing this? Yeah, for sure. I appreciated that. Yeah. The people around you, as I've just been reflecting and thinking about it, that everyone around you needs to be an extension of you. Mm -hmm. And if they're not that, especially when you are the boss, then that's a problem because you can't Mm -hmm. be everywhere at the same time. And so if they're not an extension of you, they're going to be taking you in directions that you're not even aware of until it's too late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's important. Yeah. In work, in life, how do you make that happen? Right? Like you can't, (laughs) you're like, I can't answer for you. That was crazy. What you just said. (laughs) That is not an extension of me. I refuse. Yeah, I'm just giving work advice. I don't know of anything else. <laughs> like, stop speaking for me, Jana. You're not. <laughs> I am not an extension. Well, You're not actually, an extension of me. Technically, you not. technically we're doing this, doing this podcast. together, so this we are podcast. extensions. Everything you guys said is just not aligned with not me. So let's just delete me. this podcast and we're done. We're done. We Thank have creative you. differences. <laughs> Oh, man. I feel like we could talk for like two more hours. I know. But um, Starling has a life to live. You have a life to live. With her Um, Gucci bag. Yes, with her Gucci bag. And (gasps) I need to go relieve my babysitter, Pat. And I need to go eat like a burrito or something. Yes. (laughs) You're getting hungry. Um, She talked about food a lot. But two, like just a couple like quick things because people just, I know that this isn't fun for maybe you guys, but it's fun for the people. You know, hmm. so what is your favorite like health meal right now? Like, what is your go to? Because I know you like to cook. So, what is your go to yeah. right now that you like to cook? Um, I've been into eating less chicken at the moment, mm-hmm. which is surprising because I love chicken. But um, I've been having a salmon teriyaki that I make um, at home, and I just put garlic and ginger, and I fry it up in some sesame oil, and I put some other type of oil in there so it doesn't burn, um, and I fry up the the fish and I let the the skin side cook first and then I flip it over and I put some um, teriyaki sauce with that and some cilantro and I have that with vegetables. Which um, cilantro is very good for your skin and for your oh, hair. Yeah. So, so it's good. Very good. Just um, you should just follow yeah. her. Not only I'm not cooking her. that right now, but I would like to no, eat it right but now. Just, it's it's nice to watch. I want uh, she, she posts, posts her, her stories. Post yeah, yeah. She posts stories? her cooking not stories all the time, but. I have been and recently. People, they seem to get the most views out of anything I ever post. It's I'm like, so funny. What is wrong with you people? What if like, you're I've the been next Food Network cool- star? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Khalees. You guys know yes. Khalees, right? Yeah. She became a chef. Really? Yeah. She has like cookbooks and stuff. Interesting. That could be yeah. you. That's your fallback. That's, that's, that's years, a fallback. That's years my down retirement the line. plan. Yeah. Yeah, Years you know, down the if line. you guys don't buy my music, write that crap down. Yeah. <laughs> and then your workout line. Because then once Hell you become yeah. a chef, it makes even more sense for to have broccoli It's your tights. merch. You know? It's your merch. <laughs> Just in case you were feeling like you needed to do anything else. No, music is it. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I would nerd it out while she was cooking. And I was like, hey, just FYI, I need to tell you some like Oh, she tips. gave me a garlic tidbit. Oh, about the 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. But then I realized mm-hmm. I kind of do that because I prep you all prep the it. stuff, then I leave it and I'm doing something yeah, else yeah. and then washing all the stuff. So it actually, you were sense. inadvertently doing it. Yeah. yeah. Now I just think about it every time. Yes. I think I have to crush my garlic and yes. cut it up first. And then let it and sit, then do I do else. everything else. I know since you're... Are you vegan? Vegetarian. Vegetarian. I yeah. know a really good recipe for Mauritian lentils. Oh, please send it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yes. It's very easy. Or come over and we'll cook it. 
Yeah. It's so easy. I taught Hannah how to make it and she's oh, really good at I'll it. I love so it. It's very easy for anyone and it's delicious. Yeah. I will I love, love it. Lentils. Ellis will love it. Mm-hmm. And maybe even Kyle will love it. Hopefully. Um, so you told us that you do eat a treat a day. So what is your go-to treat? Hmm, it's always some form of chocolate. Okay. But lately I've been a bit bougie because Hannah for work, Hannah's my girlfriend, by the way, if you haven't realized. Yeah, caught on <laughs> this um, podcast. She went to work um, at the X Games in Switzerland and she brought back this hot chocolate um, stuff powder and so I <laughs> what I do is I don't want to use it all in one go so I mix a bit of that have a scoop of that with a scoop of like a Starbucks hot chocolate or whatever the cheap uh-huh. one is that you buy at the, sh- the regular shops like the Ralph's or whatever and I put one of each and I, I make it on water and sometimes I put a little bit of creamer in there and um that's a delicious like mm. snack for me pretty much Lovely. every second day if not every day I've been making that's homemade fantastic. whipped cream oh and just leaving you. it I'm like a chef too, guys. Um, <laughs> but we had it with <laughs> we had it with hot chocolate the other night, and it was real good. That sounds great. And you can make it without as much sugar. Yeah, mm. and it's real good. And I've been eating it with strawberries too. I've just basically been keeping a giant bowl of it in my fridge and going it. for it. That sounds delicious. Just living your best life. I am. I'll just tell you real quick. I watched this movie called Julie and Julia. Have you seen that? Oh, movie? I have the not chef watched one. it. But, the chef one. I just yeah. watched it. And it's years old or whatever. And who's the famous chef in America that changed American cooking or whatever? Julia Child. Julia Child, who was like the, the that main, was the movie yeah. was based around or whatever. Um, she was making a raspberry cream. That's what that reminded <gasps> me of. Because then mm-hmm. I was thinking, I need to learn how to make raspberry cream. It looks so freaking good. Yum. I got obsessed with making cream during the royal wedding. I made <laughs> cream for our scones. Did you have a royal party? <laughs> I went Ruth downstairs did. with my neighbor who... I was going to go, but I couldn't. We love. Yeah. Did, did you guys know that I... Um, oh, sorry. Now I'm just like... Were you going to sing at the no, royal wedding? No, you're not wedding. being annoying at all. No, because they were... At, I met them. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah, Kyle, the games. Because Kyle wasn't there and then he didn't get to meet them, but they were there. And so... But I didn't know. I was sitting on... I think it's some royal thing where they yeah. don't tell you when they're going to show up. It's some yeah. like special security thing. So I finished singing and then I got off the stage and it was all dark backstage. And I'm just thinking about the performance and I'm taking my ears out or whatever and looking down. And this lady just said, well done. And I was just like, oh, thank you so much. And then I just kept walking. And I had looked her in the eye really quick. And then I walked down the stairs and then everyone was like, what did she say to you? And I was like, what do you mean? And then I was like, oh, that was them. They were just there. <laughs> was that Meghan and Markle? I, yes. And so I, like the U.S. representing there. Yeah. Yes. But she's very posh, I must say. Um, she is she, very she posh. She really can't be not posh, though. If you're in the royal family, you're that. I think yes. you get posh lessons. Yeah. Like how to be she was refined very, and restrained. Yes. She was always like gorgeous and perfect, but yes. she's like Become royalized now. Yeah. yeah. Like she was more chill, I feel yes. like. And now she's like still chill but like a royal chill yeah <laughs> how much chill can you have when you're royal but that yeah i don't think much but and she's no. having a baby yeah. i'm basically just a fangirled out but that's the first time i made cream i love and it since then now i'm obsessed you should write her a letter you should uh, because girl. of you i've <laughs> and now and she's gonna be cream. like this 10 year old so. is fantastic <laughs> writing me a letter she loves 
Uh, what are they called? <laughs> I'll write with my what left hand, so it looks a little less scary. What are those things called that 10-year-olds love? Curly whirly. Oh, curly, curly whirly. whirly. She'd be like, I'll get you a curly whirly I think the they have time. them in England. <gasps> she would know. Just mention so your love instead of Mikey and Kristen, <laughs> or even Starly, I'm going to go to Meghan Markle, princess no, or whatever. No, you're just going to like write about your love for curly whirlies and your love be like, I made cream for the first time watching your because wedding. Because of you. And she's going to be like, this 10-year-old who's writing to me is beautiful. I'll write him back. <laughs> oh, this 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wedding was bomb, though. That, was, I didn't even watch it. I didn't oh watch gosh. it either. You guys should go back and watch like the minister part. It at the time. It was the best thing ever watching all these. Like, Is this the English word stodgy? Oh, the food? Like, no. Stodgy. Like, just stodgy, like, like, like personality-wise? Really, like, no, stodgy's... When it's like a... Oh, you know what? I got that from Great British Bake Off. <laughs> yeah, you're eating a pudding and it's too heavy and it's just yeah. like... Actually, that is actually feels like the most perfect word. Yes. I'm just going to go with it. No, not no, dodgy. They just seemed like stuffy. Like stuffy. uppity. And like uppity. very like... And then this like minister comes in and he's just like preaching. And it's like just this awesome... It's a, It was black church. He's like, yeah, because yeah. the um the people that sang at the wedding were at this event. Amazing, they were all there too. And I oh, asked the them, choir, did, yeah, um, the whatever the royal, no, they're not called the royal something that choir. It and was I, yeah, she brought them. Yeah, and I said, how did she find you guys? And they don't know, really. Yeah, somebody she knew somewhere. I don't know, they're but that amazing. whole wedding, I was like, Is me and Jess were both just you? like, yes. They didn't sing behind me. No way. The, did you sing with the choir? At the end, we all sung together. Okay. Oh, I did a story with them singing, maybe. Maybe. But no, we, we didn't sing together. Okay. Um, just at the end, we did, yeah, one of Aloe Black songs together. Nice. But um, none of us knew what we were doing. You are just like... Because <laughs> it, there was no real rehearsal, so we were just all like, oh, so wake me up when I'm <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to catch their faces, That's and they were just the like, song. with the eyes in the air, trying to figure it out. <laughs> Uh, that's Ali Black's song with Avicii. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, we were just like, okay, we, we know the song, but we don't really that's know what to do. Oh, really? yes. That's an entertaining song choice, too, actually, though. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love it. But so it was then, the end of the Invictus Games. So yeah. And we're done and, when and, it's all <laughs> over. <laughs> when I'm watching. I feel like, yeah, don't, yeah. That's just a funny ending of that. It really is. They should have had, they like, they, had <laughs> Call Me at the end. They should yeah, have. But, you know, Ali Black's should've. more famous. Or something. For some know. reason, I just think I that's know. funny. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It's not a bad song. It's just a funny choice it's for that situation. For sure, yeah. Okay, I have one mm-hmm. last question, yeah. and then yeah. we really need to let you go. Yes. yes. Uh, favorite trash television? Yes. Uh, okay, this is not trash. I just got to mention this because the best show ever, Frasier, is my favorite. Oh. I watch reruns all the time. Love it. Aaron's that's obsessed not, with it. Yeah, that's not really trash. My favorite... I love Frasier so if that's what he's like I would hang around him anytime down we, to could, be with Aaron. we could go to a restaurant anytime because I need to see what he doesn't like about the food or whatever oh my god I love Frasier Robbie and Aaron <laughs> you're yes. explaining my husband I love yes. Frasier so much um, but not Frasier uh, Atlanta Housewives I love Atlanta Housewives. You don't watch that one. No, I had to stop because Nene got real too much for me. Oh my gosh. I actually kind of love Nene. I haven't watched it in a while, but when I was in- Watched it in years. Yeah, me too. But in Australia- I'm watching it still, everyone. Is it really good still? (laughs) I think it's good. And this year- Maybe I need to catch up on Nene's husband, Greg, has cancer. Everyone has convinced me that Nene needs to have love because of Greg. Because I remember he was sick at some point. He's super sick right now. And he's like- I left whenever she was being really mean to Greg. I mean- yeah, but they back together. They're like the sweetest this season. That's good. I mean, as sweet as they can be. For thirty years or something. Yeah, like yeah. you're going to be mean at some point. Yes, spend that much true. time with I someone. I think he's the most adorable thing ever, and I love yeah. him. 
He's so encouraging to mm-hmm. her. Just like, man, you wish every everybody's partners were like that. Yes. Well, guys, I um, watch Dallas, so you can't really. I don't talk watch much Dallas. I don't Atlanta, know what that is, they're but so don't funny watch, to me. Don't watch. They're so funny because watching them just their freak. phrases. They're they so, catch like what do they say? Shady. Yeah, shady. The tea, like spill the tea. Whatever yeah. they say. You learn all of this stuff, and in Australia, like people don't talk like that. So I used to just watch it and be obsessed because uh-huh. I want to catch something new, like whatever they say. Yeah. Is just so also, funny Candy is a freaking amazing songwriter. Well, yeah, oh, she's such really, a good songwriter. Yeah, and then her like sex toy line or whatever she had. Did she Candy coated bedroom. Line? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Did you know she was part of uh, Waterfall? Yes, she wrote it. Yeah. TLC. TLC. Yeah, don't yeah. go chase. But I was trying to think of the other one she wrote. She wrote No Scrubs. Yeah, even yep. bigger. That's, yes, that one. Hell yeah. And Did she wrote Waterfall too. I don't know. I think she I was wrote thinking no scrubs. no scrubs. She wrote, yeah, and guess what else? What? Um, Ed Sheeran, Shape of You, was so similar to No Scrubs, like the, the melodies in certain yes. areas. They, they hit him up and he had to give them money. He had to give Candy and Tiny because they were in a group together when they wrote it yeah. or something. I don't know. Amazing. Tiny's Ti's wife, but I don't know what the group was. But Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they made a whole another shit ton of money after that from Ed Sheeran. That Escape or the group? Her group is Escape. Escape. But Maybe. there's a new girl like from that like era when like girl band and boy band like that era of them. <sighs> it's not boys to men. I think it. It's that era. All though. for one. No, it's another guy group that was really In big sync? then. Backstreet Boys? No, 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 no. More boys to men. Um, oh. All for one, Casey and JoJo. I don't know. Maybe it's boys to men. They sang at her wedding, and like now one of the guys from that group, his wife is on it too, and they Ooh. are shady with each other. Guys, Ooh. maybe I should get back to You guys need Atlanta. to come back yeah, to maybe Atlanta. Maybe I should, I should watch it too. <laughs> yes. I don't have any trash stuff to watch at the moment. Oh, no. I've been watching Love and Hip Hop. Oh, that's Hollywood. trash. Hollywood a little bit because I met some of the girls from there. So then I'm like, oh, let me catch up on their lives. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's too toxic, I must say. Like, because now that I know some of them, and yeah. now I'm like, ooh, like, yeah, I don't want to be like. Now you don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to think something have of them. Personal connections to that. Yes. I just want to watch it and be like, that's that's far away. That's just like fun and jokes. Yeah, yes. and that it's not real. But some of it's really real, and you're just like, ooh, like I don't. I think mm-hmm. that's why I've only resulted in watching the Great British Baking Show, mm-hmm. and yeah. I started rewatching Golden Girls. I like Golden Girls. Yeah. You so, like, well, but Frasier is a good one to add to that. I should actually they, watch they're in Frasier. the same world. Yeah, of like relaxing. Do you want to know why I, I haven't watched Frasier? Because yeah. Kelsey Grammer divorced. Oh yeah, Camille, Camille Grammer on Real Camille. Housewives of Beverly Hills, and that's what? the only reason. Is she on Real Housewives? Of she, was she was during their divorce, and he was real mean to her. Well, Why? as far as we know from the Real well, Housewives real world. Real mean from he the editing. Seem mean. He just he was, was in like very cold to her, yeah. Oh, but maybe but she was cheated on her. also going you through never, a divorce. So. And then he cheated on her. He che- oh. did cheat on her. But you never... Sometimes, but that's also, like, but it doesn't happen. diminish the show being good. Yeah. Aaron still loves it. Exactly. It's not like Cosby. Mm-hmm. Cosby, yeah. you can't that's watch that show. Level. Kelsey Grammer, you can watch Frasier and be like, you're a crap human, but this show's really good. You know what? I have bands that I, like, my favorite band, I'm not going to say it, just in case it ever gets anywhere. I was, like, in love with them. And when one of the guys cheated on their wife and left them, now I can't listen to any of their music. 
I'm like, it's all a lie. All of these songs are a lie. <laughs> I'm like sold out for that. The I cheating like thing. Music is different though because it's a personal story versus like he was an actor on a show and it's Maybe. someone else's writing. I also couldn't like watch John story. and Kate plus eight when that all went down. Well, John <laughs> and Kate kidding. and eight. <laughs> I have but a completely gross. different opinion on this. You do? Tell us. Well, well, I just think that you never know what's happening behind the closed doors. And so yeah. how do you, even though she might present as a really nice person. She didn't, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, Who she knows? was unreal. I know that there's no excuse for cheating, but at the same time, yeah. some things happen in relationships where, you, again, mm-hmm. you're not in the driver's seat and you yeah. let things happen. And then you don't realize why they happen. You get depressed and then you cheat. And then I'm not saying that everyone's excused but i just don't always think it's always a straightforward story it's and you can't just disregard the person and he seems like a he just seems like a nice person i know that there are there's the cosby's of the yeah. world and all that but he seems like a really cool guy. kelsey i mean yeah yeah i would say that's what i was saying like there's i definitely only think there's not a side of it we yeah. did like people do that and recently i heard these stories from somebody and i was like okay and i felt really sort of bad for her and then I met the other person. Well, I had known the other person as a friend, a girl that I know, and she was dating this girl. And that girl was telling me her sub story. And we were all the way in England and she was telling me all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, like I never knew my this old friend of mine was mm-hmm. like that. I'd only known this other girl for a couple of years, but we had, we'd been friends. And I believed everything she said. And then I met the other girl. I met up with her recently and, and she told me her side. And I was like, oh, wow, like mm-hmm. – I don't, I, I don't yeah. know, you know, there, there was no real mm. solid thing for me to be like, okay, this person's wrong, that person's right. But at the same time, I knew that because they were going through all this crap, you couldn't believe everything that each other was saying. Yeah. Because mm. you have animosity towards one another. You know? It's very true. Yeah. And especially not when it's Real Housewives. Especially when it's on <laughs> yeah. TV and it's being televised. Because when people are emotional and angry and whatever, they oh, say yeah. all types of stuff. And some of it's really blown out of proportion. And then yeah. you get a, yeah. Like Shannon. Just got to throw that in there just in case. Kelsey's a, Kelsey's the best actor ever. Kelsey's the bomb. <laughs> I feel like that's the the, the beauty that was like, you can't discredit him as an actor, mm-hmm. you know, based on like that part. Whenever everything else in the world, whenever you look at it, like, yeah, you can discredit like the ones that have done very illegal things. Yeah. This was a, a moral issue. Yeah. Not a, a legal one. I like Camille now. <laughs> Now she's nice. Then she was mean. But yeah. Um, okay. That's it. There we go. You were so you, you great. You left us one little Ooh, nugget. Sheesh. You did. You I left like a beautiful nugget. I was in a therapy session. It, it was is beautiful. A little... I've never had a therapy session before. I was going to ask you like Appreciate some harder it. questions. So I'm uh, glad I did Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. We'll talk about them later. Yeah. I want to know what they were. <laughs> we can part two this. Yeah, we'll part two I'm not this ready dish. for it right now. I already feel like I've been through like a... <laughs> a roller coaster, roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> that was beautiful. I appreciate it, and that was awesome. Yeah, I hope awesome. you guys enjoyed getting yes, to know Starly. No, we did. Will your EP be out February? Um, it's actually an album, and album, and it should be early next year. But okay. I do have this inkling in the back of my mind that I want to keep pushing it, especially now that I'm making new contacts, new things. Yeah, I almost want to get a couple more hits on there before I put it out. So. I don't know yet. Okay, well then that means follow Starly on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. It's all under Starly S T A R L E Y. Which is her given name, which is amazing. Yeah, That's a whole your name's my mom, awesome. Right? My mom said she knew I'd be a singer. She gave me a stage name. I love she it. She did. My mom is really cool. I love 
it so much. Like, and whenever you first hear like the fact that, especially you just go by Starly, everyone's like, "Oh, that's just a stage name." Oh, What's they, your real yeah, name? No, it's your name. That. Yeah. Well, it's what's amazing. your? Are you? Do you say your last name? My last name's Hope. Yeah, which is, is that even your last name? Yeah, yes, it's, I it's, thought that was your middle name. That's no, why I was Starly Hope. My middle name's Marie, which is really boring. Starly um, Marie Hope. But all of us are. My brother's a criminal defense lawyer, and his name is Chase Hope. It's so and so, cool. like, if you're going to go to jail, you want Chase Hope to represent yeah. you. Like, he, my mom's That's really so intuitive. She's like amazing. My mom, I love it. Yeah. That's, That's so beautiful. sweet. I love it so much. Well, then that means follow her so that you're up to date on all of the upcoming. Of and go listen to her beautiful album. music. It's listen so to her beautiful. music. If you are one of the people that haven't heard her, seriously, go listen. You will be, your ears will be very happy. Yes. Um, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. You're amazing. We love you. Yay. And we'll talk to you next time. Yep. Ready? Bye. Bye.